This is MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. And also brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. There are very few guarantees in racing, but one of those is the fact that Junior Johnson race cars will always be tough here at his home track in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Over the years, Junior Johnson's cars have won 18 times in Wilkesboro, including last year's first Union 400 with driver Terry Labonte. With 12 laps to go, there is something definitely wrong with Dale Earnhardt's car. Terry Labonte has caught him and closes in in turn number two. Lobani goes to the outside of the racetrack as Earnhardt holds the inside line. Lobani tries to pull even. He's got the right front fender along the rear quarter panel of Earnhardt's car. Now he's going to try to pull even off turn four. Earnhardt tries to keep it at the bottom of the racetrack. He'll be able to do it. They'll race down the front straightaway, and Lobani has got the lead, and the fans go crazy here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. The hometown folks, of course, pulling for Junior Johnson. and Labonte Today, MRN Radio with live coverage of the first Union 400. M. RN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goodies Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. Good afternoon, everyone, from the North Wilkesboro Speedway. We're set to go with the first Union 400 here very shortly. And Eli Gold, I think we're going to see some more kind of racing like we saw at Bristol last weekend. Hopefully not as many caution flags and as many torn-up race cars. But as far as the hard-nosed, sheet-metal-bending, get-down-to-it racing, that's what we can look for today. Well, that's what it's always like here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. But there are a couple of other factors that come into play this afternoon. One of those, of course, is the much-talked-about Goodyear radial versus the Hoosier bias ply tire. That's one factor we'll be zeroing in on throughout the afternoon. The other is the fact of the starting lineup itself. You know, it's, it's now to the point, Barney Hall, when you have a 30-car starting field or 32 cars with the provisional starters, as is the case here today, you're going to have some big names not make the race. We've seen it time and again. It happens again this weekend. Phil Parsons unable to qualify his own car. Bobby Hillen has had to go home. Home. The STP Pontiac of Richard Petty, again, not in the field for the third time in four weeks. Half the battle now on the short tracks of the Winston Cup Tour is just getting in the race and being in a position to, to run on a Sunday afternoon. Qualifying has certainly taken on a completely new importance to a lot of these teams before. They were just real sure they're going to get in somewhere in the second 20 or whatever. They're not looking at it like that anymore. It's a beautiful day here at North Wilkesboro. The sun has been out most of the morning in contrast to a rainy morning yesterday. The fans have really jammed this place. I doubt if there will be a seat left by the time they drop the green flag here very shortly. The drivers making their way back to their cars down on pit road after being introduced to the crowd here. Right now, let's go down to Dick Brooks, who will be covering the action for us from Woodruff, South Carolina, on pit road this afternoon. Well, Barney, uh, it sounds like you flew up there just a little bit. You got uh, sore throats and and, uh, and raspy voices, but uh, I know being a, a long time, uh, uh, having all the experience you got, you can make it through without a voice at all. So uh, hope you make it through fine up there and you get well before this race is over. I tell you one thing I think that, that uh, has been such a large controversy and and i guess going back through the years in 1969 i came to came to uh, stock car racing and there was uh, a battle going on in between goodyear and firestone and uh, and firestone finally uh, uh decided to do other things and and goodyear was a tire company for a long long time and now there's been a uh, a kind of a heated battle for the last couple of years between hoosier and goodyear 
and it's been up and down. And uh, I think that uh, uh, the fellow that can probably do more in the way of answering these questions for us or wh where we're going to go from here is the guy that's in charge of, uh, of motorsports um, uh, racing. Uh, I think he's a director of racing. I think he's hit a simple title for Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company is Leo Mel. Uh, Leo, I, I, uh, I guess we can start from the beginning. Uh, they had a tire, a bypass tire that everybody ran for, I don't know, for 30 years, 50 years, or however old you are, and everybody else, I guess, ever since racing began. And the tire development has came along a long, long ways. Well, the radial tire has been a part of, uh, of the automobile industry for a long, long time. And you people are trying to put it, are trying to get it involved in, in, in racing, in all forms of racing. And then you have in a lot of sports, but you haven't really gotten it into stock car racing yet until this year. Now, you had some problems at Daytona. And I guess I should ask you, first of all, what's the difference between the radial tires and, and what we've had in the last uh, 10 or 15 years? Well, the basic difference is the plies go at a bias angle across in a, in a bias tire. And a radial tire uh, is, is supported by a very strong belt that goes around underneath the tread. And this belt gives you a lot of stability. Uh, hence, uh, you get better tread wear. And uh, we end up with more traction. And, and it's generally the modern concept that has been adopted for all passenger tires. 100% of the tires manufactured in the United States for the road on the original equipment are now radial tires. Uh, truck tires are much better as radials. Uh, we converted racing to radials back in, in Formula One probably seven or eight years ago. But the reason we did that is that they perform so much better in the rain. Uh, we've now uh, run all the Formula One tires radial. We run all the Indianapolis tires, all the big sports cars. The last area that we haven't uh, converted to radials is NASCAR. Well, I, you kind of answered the question I was going to ask next is why, if, if it's going to be a problem getting these things going or we've had a problem with them, you've got to do a lot of testing, a lot of development in racing or in this form of racing, why do you do it in the first place? Why are you going to all that trouble and expense? Well, first of all, when we get the... When we get the tire uh, functioning and tested, it's going to reduce the, the cost for the drivers a lot. Uh, in other words, you're going to use a half the tires or th that, that you do now. Ninety percent of the tires that are changed in a NASCAR race are changed because uh, they're, they're adjusting the stagger. There's nothing wrong with the tire. The tire isn't worn out. It's just They're just changing it to change the handling. This particular tire that we're running today does not change dimensions. In other words, you can put two tires on the right side. You don't have to change the left side. You can put four tires. It won't make any difference. It's all the tires are exactly the same size. And that's going to eliminate the, quote, famous bad set. I mean, there have been most races today when there are about ten cars that are equal or five cars that are equal or adjust or are won by the guy that hits his tire set set up absolutely right on the last pit stop and and basically it's going to when when the tire gets developed it's going to uh, put it back on the car owner or the car mechanic to adjust the chassis on the driver and uh, get the tires out of it one more question about 400 words or less here what's the future for the tire company and what's the future for for Goodyear well we're, we hope we have a good race today on our, our radials uh, if we don't, we're going to keep trying because basically uh, we think it's a better concept. We think in the long run uh, it'll, it'll make the, safe, the sport safer. I think uh, we had the same problems getting started in some of the other areas we raced on. It's a, 
It's a very severe test for the tire, and uh, we're looking forward to what happens today. Well, Barney, that's the, that's the fellow that makes the decision for all of the racing, and uh, I don't think we could get it any straighter than that. That is Leo Mel, the director of racing for Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. His thoughts about what we'll look for here today in just a moment. We'll be going back to trackside to talk with some of the drivers, some of them that are on Hoosiers and some that are on the Goodyear radios. Here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina, the first Union 400 about set to go. On the line today, on top of all the other monies being paid out, is a $38,000 payoff from Unical 76, the Unical 76 Challenge, money that is available strictly to the poll winner for the event, Rusty Wallace, should he both win the bush pole, which he's already done, and the race itself. He is standing by on pit road alongside WNPC Radio's Jim Phillips. Good afternoon, everybody. We're with the, with the Bush Pole winner, the second Bush Pole for Rusty Wallace this year. It really came, Rusty, while you were in line, you made a decision on tires. It looked like it paid off for you. What well, a decision paid off for me to go on the tires that I went on just because of the money that was up front for grabs. $38,000 from Union 76, a lot of money if you can capture the pole and win the race. And so, I guess sitting on a pole at a short track is always important. Well, you won here the last time we ran here. Yeah, I sure did. And, uh, this is a new car, and it seems to be working awful well, and I'm real excited about getting the race started and doing well from Kodiak, Mobile, AC, all of them. Good luck to you today. Thank you very much. Let's go back to Dick Brooks. Well, the outside uh, to Rusty Wallace, sitting on the outside, is Jeff Bodine. Jeff, you've uh, had an up-and-down season, but you've got a good qualifying spot today. Yeah, second isn't too bad. We'd like to bend first over there where Rusty is, but uh, the, the Goodyear radio ran good. It, it looks like it might be a real good race tire, so... We're kind of happy to have that on. This has been a good year, Dick. Uh, we're leading the points right now. Hopefully we'll come out of Wilkesboro leading the points. And, of course, we want to win the race. So uh, we're going to try to do all that today. That's a tough thing to do, but especially here at Wilkesboro. But we're going to try. All right. It looks like they're just about to get their act together for good. And, uh, and uh, they're right up front today, and they got a lot of optimism there. Meanwhile, we talked about the successes that Junior Johnson's cars have had here at North Wilkesboro over the years. 18 times his cars have found victory lane. Let's visit with his driver for this afternoon, Terry Labonte. Back with Terry Labonte. Terry, last year this seemed to be the place you could do the best at. It was North Wilkesboro. This has been a good racetrack for your team. Can you do it today? Well, I hope so. The Budweiser Thunderbirds running good. It was really good practice yesterday afternoon. Uh, we made a few changes on it today just a little bit because we think the track's going to be a little bit slicker, but uh, I think we'll be in good shape. How about the tires? You've practiced both tires. Which, which feels the best or which one is what's, what's the right way to go on it? Well, we like the Goodyears. Uh, we tested the most on them, and uh, we feel like our car works best on those. Good luck to you today. Thank you. That's Terry Labonte. Has a real shot to win this race here this afternoon. Not too far away from the green flag. We'll be back to North Wilkesboro. Michael Waltrip had an outstanding run at Bristol International Raceway last weekend. Of course, things didn't come out all that well for him. He got three laps behind, made a couple of them up, but he had a super run going, and he looks forward to running here this weekend. Jim Phillips is standing by with Michael Waltrip. Mike, you had a good run last week at Bristol. It didn't turn out the way you wanted to because of some late race incidents, but you had a great run. Will the momentum carry over here today? I hope so. You know, I was glad you stopped by to talk. We talked before the race last week, and we ran real well, and... Uh... This Country Time Post Serials Pontiac is, is strong. It's the same car we've run the last four races, and it's, it's really working well. We're one of the fastest cars in practice again here and didn't have that great of a qualifying lap compared to how we practiced, but I'm optimistic that we can get up front. How about this racetrack today on these new tires? Uh, I love the radials. You know, We put them on from the beginning, and, and that's all we've had on. Goodyear's got a super tire, and, 
and it makes driving a race car fun again because when you turn the wheel, the radials are just real responsive to what you're doing. Uh, I'm not going to say they're going to be great for 400 laps. We don't know yet. I hope so, I, and I, I want to stay on them if I can, and that's what we're going to try to do. Good luck to you today. Thank you very much. That's Michael Waltrip in the Country Time Pontiac. Let's go back to Dick Brooks. Well, I come all the way back here to back with Kenny Schrader. I'll tell you, this is, uh, this is a long ways back here for a fat old man. Well, I'll tell you, you got a long ways to the front. What happened? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, we've been working on this little car all week, and we, we just can't get it to run as quick as we want to for one lap. You know, we go out and we run one of them 15, 20 laps runs, and we run with the guys. So, you know, we at we least got in the race, and uh, we think we'll be okay for racing. There's a kind of a – Hoosiers are sitting on a pole. You're on Goodyear's. There's uh, been a problem right along with these radial tires. Uh, how do you feel about it? Well, you know, I really wasn't in favor of them when we first got here, and we qualified our Hoosiers. But being as we're in the back, we had the option to go ahead and change tires, and we elected to go with the Goodyears. From what we saw yesterday afternoon, we think they're going to be quite a bit better in the race. All right. You got any plans for how are you going to get from all the way back here to the front? <laughs> well, I, we're going to have to rub a little sheet metal. I know that for sure, Dick. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All right. All right, Barney. That's, uh, they got a long ways to go. Well, he can probably do it because they've done a lot of work on the car. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Jim Sauter is another driver that had an outstanding run at Bristol, Tennessee last week, and Jim Phillips is with him. Jim Sauter, you had a great run last week at Bristol. Just come up a little bit short. That's right. I'm sorry to say for the Clark Pontiac, we came up a little short. We're just going to have to try and do a little better today. We had a good run going at Bristol, and the uh, car feels pretty good yesterday in practice. Just hope we're on the right tire today. Well, I see that you chose the Hoosier tire. Well, we did. Uh, we've got a couple of good years in the background there, but uh, the car feels a lot better on Hoosiers right now. We just have to see how it goes. How about starting this far back? What's your plan for today? Well, <laughs> starting this far back isn't much new to me in the last couple of years, but uh, uh, just stay out of trouble and be there at the end is a big deal here. Good luck to you. Thank you very much. That's Jim Sauter, one of the underrated race car drivers this field here today. We'll be back at North Wilkesboro in a moment. It wasn't just built to be a museum. It was built to be a shrine to the history, heritage, and future of the sport we love. This is our house, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and it's packed full of classic and present-day cars, including Petties, Earnhardts, and Waltrips, as well as interactive experiences, realistic racing simulators, and much more. Plan a trip to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Tickets at NASCARHall.com. NASCAR Hall of Fame. This is our sport. This is our house. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the first Union 400. Sponsored by Bush Beer. Don't just reach for a beer. Head for the mountains and the smooth taste of Bush Beer. By Pontiac. For driving excitement with your name on it. Pontiac. We build excitement. By True Value. For quality, selection, and personal attention. Make True Value your first choice. 
by Unical. The winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76 by Peak Antifreeze. Only Peak gives you peak performance by Gatorade. Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for by First Brands, makers of STP oil treatment. By Van Camp's Beanie Weenies, grown-up nutrition, kid-size fun. By Armor Star Can Meats, America's choice for the great outdoors. By Right Guard Sports Sticks, anything less would be uncivilized. And by Baby Root, the official candy bar of NASCAR's legendary Junior Johnson. We're back at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. The cars have just pulled out onto the racetrack, and the indication is they'll take three laps to get it warmed up here before they cut them loose. They're just about to complete that first one right now as they come down to the start-finish line and get ready to go for two more. Field behind the Pontiac safety car. Elmo Langley is at the controls of the safety car. Atop the flag stand, Harold Kinder, of course, NASCAR's chief starter, backed up by Doyle Ford. Harold wanted to make it a point that we uh, say hello to his wife, Mildred, who I understand had some eye surgery earlier this week, and uh, she's doing well, but uh, Harold wanted to make sure we say hello. Yeah, we hope she's doing real well, and we were sitting here talking among ourselves, <laughs> uh, having to look at Harold every morning, Mildred, and every afternoon I can understand why you have an eye problem. <laughs> but we do hope you recuperate real quick. Sure do. The next gentleman on our broadcast crew today from WPEX Radio in Hampton, Virginia, Virginia, Joe Moore, who covers the actions and turns three and four here at North Wilkesboro. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to see the sun out. It's a beautiful, warm afternoon here in North Wilkesboro, and we're looking for some hot action on the racetrack as well. My view is back over down into turn number two, and yes, I said down because it's actually an uphill climb as the cars come off turn two, head towards turn number three. Quite a bit different here this week from what the cars had to deal with last week at Bristol. There, the 36-degree banking at either end of the racetrack here at North Wilkesboro practically flat at both ends of the speedway. But, of course, the goal is the same, to keep the car right down at the bottom of the racetrack. Early stages of the race, that won't be too tough. Later on in the race, though, when the racetrack gets slick, cars have a tendency to start kicking out of the turns. And as usual, we see a lot of action down here in turns three and four. We'll be watching for it here today. Now, we have seen some caution-free races here at North Wilkesboro. We also saw a race not long ago that had just one caution flag. One car managed to spin out late in the race in turns one and two. We won't necessarily go ahead and identify that driver, although you'll likely be hearing his voice throughout the broadcast today. Nevertheless, this is a racetrack that oftentimes lets you just run and run and run, and other times it'll come out and grab you. Typical short track racing in the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Lights are off atop the safety car. Elmo Langley brings it down pit road as the Pontiac tucks away. The front row, Rusty Wallace and Jeff Bodine set to go, Barney Hall. 32 cars ready to get at it. Green flag is out, and Wallace wastes no time in getting away on the break. He pulls out front all by himself and pulls away from Jeff Bodine by two car lengths. They're out of turn two. Wallace in the lead position now as they come off turn number two. Bodine takes the second spot. Some shuffling right behind them. Dale Earnhardt now jumps to third. Mark Martin is fourth. Bill Elliott is fifth. From seventh place on back, three cars hooked together trying to make the outside groove work. Ricky Rudd along with Dick Trickle and Rick Mash. They're going to have trouble getting back in line, though, as they work to turn two. Rudd's racing alongside Terry Labonte. Labonte has that inside line. That's where Rudd would like to be. Still, he's trapped on the outside lane. Dick Trickle, too, right behind Rudd. That battle side-by-side continues for seventh on turn four. It's a good battle for fourth position. Elliott has it for the moment, but two cars are working on him. Mark Martin, and again, Sterling Marlin down to the inside. They'll go off into the corner door-to-door. And from fifth place on back, some pretty good racing going on. Down to the inside, Sterling Marlin trying to make a move on Mark Martin. He's trapped on the outside of the racetrack. Terry Labonte right behind them. He tries to find some room down on the inside. Also, Mike Waltrip is there turn four. Mark Martin again having tough time getting in line. Sterling Marlin goes by. Labonte has the inside covered and as Terry goes by. Also Michael Waltrip. They just won't let Mark Martin back 
second line. Up front, it's still Rusty Wallace leading the way. Jeff Bodine starting to put some pressure on him. He snuck right up on the rear deck, and now here comes Earnhardt. He tightens it up here. And another car that's beginning to scramble a little bit is Darrell Walker. He's picked up a couple of positions also. The car that is now caught out of line all by himself out there is Dick Trickle. There's nowhere to get in underneath him. Alan Kowicki and directly ahead is Neil Bonnet. He's still hung out to dry out of turn two. Boy, when they form up down on that inside lane, if you're on the outside, you're just stuck there. And Trickle is still trying to get in line. Still blocked up on the outside of the racetrack. He's running alongside Kowicki. Meanwhile, at the point, Jeff Bodine tried to make the quick move inside of Rusty Wallace, going downhill into turn number two. He couldn't make it work. Now up the back straightaway. That battle for the lead continues. Bodine looks down to the inside of the racetrack, tries to get the spot in turn number three. Wallace gets a little bit high. Bodine pulls even all four. Bodine gets a fender alongside. They'll come off the corner, door to door, race across the line. It's Bodine by a foot as they get back into turn number one. Dale Earnhardt dives underneath Rusty Wallace, tries to put a move on for the lead on Jeff Bodine in the backstretch. Another example of getting caught out of line. That's what happened to Wallace. Bodine got by. Earnhardt too takes the second spot. Rusty Wallace last time by was leading. Now he's dropped the third. Back at 12th position. Neil Bonnet losing a couple of spots. He got out of line allowing Kulwicki and Darrell Waltrip to get by. Finally Neil finds a home. One car struggling a bit is Morgan Shepard. He loses a good number of spots heading towards the back of the field as the leaders head to three. Still it's Jeff Bodine leading the way. Earnhardt puts on the pressure from the second spot. Third is Rusty Wallace. Fourth now is Bill Elliott. Fifth for Michael Walter's car. Sixth is Terry Levani. Seventh is Sterling Marlin. Eighth is Mike, the Mark Martin car. And ninth is Alan Gawicki. Back in tenth position, there's a good battle going on there between Ricky Rudd and Darrell Walter. Walter will come away with a position as they get down into turn number one and string out in the backstretch. That group of cars goes single file as we look further back in the field. About the 20th position, Dale Jarrett tries to move up on Jimmy Means. He can't make that move. Back for about the 24th spot, though. It's side by side as Dave Marcus sneaks up on the inside of Pearson Carl, turn four. Larry Pearson just can't keep his car low on the racetrack. Both Bate, Dave Marcus, and Rick Wilson go by as those positions continue to reshuffle. Basically single file until we get back to 11th spot. Dick Trickle battles Ricky Rudd. He grabs the inside of the racetrack in turn number three. Rudd's out high, tries to close the door on him, but can't make the move. Still side by side off four. They'll come down the front straightaway the same way, go off into the corner, door-to-door battle there, and Trickle will get the position as they get in the middle of turns one and two. Meanwhile, the leader right now is Jeff Bodine. Dale Earnhardt's been within inches of his bumper on a couple of occasions, but now he drops back half a car length. Rusty Wallace has faded back to about five or ten car lengths behind the front two. It's a good two seconds now. Back to Bill Elliott, who rides fourth, and then Michael Walker fifth. They're in the back stretch. Front five cars will go single file, watching a good battle. Back further in the field as Darrell Waltrip goes to the outside of the racetrack. He was battling there with Alan Kowicki. Now Kowicki has found a lane down on the inside underneath Sterling Marlin. He hooks up with Mark Martin. They go bumper to bumper off turn four. Sterling Marlin's car goes high. It opens up Darrell Waltrip. Problems in the back straightaway. Harry Gant and Kenny Schrader both close, slowing down off turn number two. Schrader now picks up speed, but there's problems for Harry Gant's skull bandit as he's going to limp around to the front straightaway pits. We are working here in North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina. Ten laps are complete of the 400 that make up the first Union 400. Andy Petrie and the crew awaiting Harry Gant's appearance. Let's go to pit road. Coming into pit road, I don't know for sure if I know exactly what's wrong with it yet. We'll have a report in a minute. They're jacking up the left side of Harry Gant's car. Could have a tire going down. Could be a multitude of things. We'll get a report there as quickly as we can. But Gant is losing valuable time in the pits. Battle for the lead is still a close one. The leader is Jeff Bodine. Right behind him and hanging on is Dale Earnhardt as they head up to turn three. Both those cars had to take the outside lane coming off turn number two. Getting around the lap car of Hutt Strickland. Now once again, bumper to bumper as they make their way off turn four. 
One of the quicker cars on the track is Alan Kowicki. He'll make a move inside of Darrell Waltrip to pick up seventh. Darrell is eighth, and ninth belongs to Mark Martin. Now it's Michael Waltrip continuing to hound Bill Elliott up near the front as the battle for fifth place continues to unfold here at North Wilkesboro. Just underway, early stages of the first Union 400. Jeff Bodine leads Dale Earnhardt. They have pulled away by better than a second and three quarters, now two seconds over the third-place runner, Rusty Wallace. We're back at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Harry Gant's car is now being pushed down pit road and to the garage area. So whatever the problem is, it is a serious one. And Harry Gant has gone some six or seven laps down already and will go a lot more, even if they can cure that problem and get him back on the racetrack. We'll get a report as quickly as we can and find out what the story is there. The leader is Jeff Bodine. Directly behind him, a half a car length away, is Dale Earnhardt. They have now opened up a good three to four seconds to the third-place runner, which is the pole sitter who started here this afternoon, Rusty Wallace. They're over in turn three. Right behind Wallace, the fourth-place car, Michael Waltrip. He made a move around Bill Elliott to pick up that spot just a couple of laps ago. So in fifth now it is the Elliott car. Sixth will be Terry Labonte. Seventh is the Darrell Waltrip machine. And eighth, a good side-by-side battle. Alan Kowicki there passing the lap car of Ken Schrader. Uh, Marty, I talked to Leo Jackson with the Harry Gant car. He said he didn't know exactly what was wrong yet, but something broke in the rear end. They're going to take it to the garage and see if they can fix it. Well, that's the story on Harry Gant. They'll try and repair his car and get him back out into the race as quickly as they can. Let's check in with Jim Phillips. We're walking along the side of the Skull Bandit to Harry Gant. We're in the garage area here. Harry, what puts you out? Well, we don't know right now. I think the rear end popped out when I put the brakes on there. Uh, uh, Kenny Schrader, he got sideways and... When I put the brake on, it started vibrating, so I lost the rear end of axle one. That's the story from Harry Gant. So it's going to be a long day for Harry Gant. The leader right now works in traffic. They're about to catch the tail end of the field. Jeff Bodine will be running up on Ernie Irvin and Lake Speed here in just a moment or so. Dale Earnhardt holds on to the number two position. It is now a full four seconds back to Rusty Wallace, who is third behind Wallace in fourth position. That's Mike Waltrip. Fifth is Bill Elliott. Sixth right now is Terry Labonte, and he's got his hands full with Darrell Waltrip out of turn four. Darrell Waltrip makes the inside move on Terry Labonte, picking up yet another spot, while Michael Waltrip made the move around Rusty Wallace to move up into the third position. Michael Waltrip might be the quickest car in the racetrack as he works to turn three. That car is hooked up. He's got by Rusty Wallace, picks up a car length, but Wallace tightens it back up here in turn number four. So as the field comes back off turn four to the stripe, 25 laps are on the board now of the 400 that make up the distance. A quick battle here in turn number two as Jeff Bodine finds himself in race traffic trying to make a pass going up to turn three for the lead. He's trapped down on the inside on a slower car. is going to hold him up. Earnhardt moves on the outside of the racetrack. Earnhardt looks like we'll get the advantage. Now they go three wide. They literally make a sandwich out of Greg Sachs's Crisco car right there. And that was the car that had both front and second place car kind of held up for the moment out of the corner but it allows Dale Earnhardt to grab the lead as he heads back to turn three. Earnhardt picks up the lead now works around another lapped car he gets around the lake speed car separates himself from Bodine by the speed machine off turn four. Back at fourth place Bill Elliott and Terry Labonte excuse me Bill Elliott and Darrell Waltrip both making a move inside of Rusty Wallace as Wallace's Kodiak Pontiac continues to backpedal through the field and Michael Waltrip is leaving both of them and now it's Kulwicki taking a shot at Rusty Wallace. He'll try down on the inside of Rusty Wallace Wallace going back into turn number three. Let's see if they go double wide into the corner. Wallace does go up the banking, opens up the room. Plenty of racing room here for Kowicki, and he gets by. Rusty Wallace is already losing a lot of ground to the front runners. He took off on the pole in the first three or four laps. He was extremely strong, but all of a sudden now he is dropping back in the field, and that car is not getting around this racetrack anywhere near the way it was in practice and qualifying and in the early going this afternoon. He continues to lose spots. Meanwhile, Earnhardt now is the leader. He is pulled away by some two car lakes, but there's a big 
pack of traffic directly ahead. Some eight or nine cars. He's got to thread his way through as they head to turn three. He'll have a lot of trouble now when he catches this pack of cars. The number 60 machine that Phil Parsons is driving will be the first one he'll encounter. Also, Larry Pearson dead ahead for the leader, Dale Earnhardt. So they'll have to pick their way through race traffic here at the start-finish line. Rusty Wallace, of course, having made one guess regarding tires set up for qualifying runs. Other teams going in different directions, and what does pay off in qualifying doesn't always work during the race itself, especially with this green flag period of racing some 30 or 35 laps old. Let's go down to the Rusty Wallace pits. Jim Phillips. We're in the Rusty Wallace pit with Barry Dotson. He's talking to the driver right now. They told me before the race started that they wanted to get these tires off as quick as they could to get another set on because they thought there would be something a little bit quicker in the race. Barry's busy talking to his driver. We'll get back with you in just a minute. We're at the North Wilkesboro Speedway for the first Union 400. It's been a dandy race thus far. We're in the early going here this afternoon with Dale Earnhardt setting the pace right now. We'll be back. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. This is Jesse's O'Reilly Auto Parts story. As a nurse, not making it to work was not an option. But driving through the snow with my wiper blades struggling, I just didn't feel safe. So I pulled into O'Reilly Auto Parts, and before I knew it, an employee was offering to install the wiper blades on my car. I got to stay out of the snow for a moment, and I still made it to work on time. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. We are approaching lap number 40 here at North Wilkesboro Speedway, the first Union 400 coming your way live on MRN Radio. The battle that has been watching uh, on the racetrack of late had been Darrell Waltrip trying to get around his brother Michael Waltrip. Kind of a rematch of those two battling side by side just a weekend ago at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. This time Darrell has pulled away after a couple of laps of trying and has left his brother in the smoke. As a matter of fact, Alan Kowicki has also gotten by Michael Waltrip at this point. Setting the running order for you, Dale Earnhardt has worked his way through race traffic with no problem. Jeff Bodine has done likewise. Bodine is in second. Darrell Waltrip's in the middle of that traffic now running third. Kowicki is fourth. And fifth is Mike Waltrip. Sixth belongs to Mark Martin. Bill Elliott is seventh. Eighth now is, is the Dick Trickle car. Ninth, Terry Labonte. And running in tenth is Rusty Wallace. And Jim Phillips, you say they're just down there waiting and biding their time to bring Rusty Wallace back in. Yes, they wanted a caution early, but of course they didn't get it because they wanted to switch tires. They were they, they knew if they stayed out long on this particular setup that they were going to go to the back. So they wanted a quick caution, but they are set to change tires, change brands of tires whenever they get a caution play. So Rusty Wallace is really losing some spots. He is going right on toward the tail end of the field. Now, a lot of other cars are having problems out there also, not just Rusty Wallace, but a lot of machines are not getting around this racetrack very well, already being posted a lap down or Lake Speed. Greg Sachs is a lap behind. So is Ernie Irvin, Eddie Beerswall, Ben Hess, the rookie driver, Davey Allison, a lap down. Also Larry Pearson and Jim Sauter. That's how quick the front runners are getting around this racetrack. 
Earnhardt again crosses the start finish line. He has now opened up about a half a straightaway lead on Jeff Bodine as he is once he gets in front, whether it's a short track or a big track, if he can set his own pace, pick his line around this racetrack, he can really put some daylight on the field. That's what he's doing now up in turn three. Earnhardt's got the car set up to where it's handling just like he wants it to going through the corners. He doesn't really put it right at the bottom of the racetrack, doesn't take a real high line, but just one that's comfortable for him. Some of the other drivers, Barney, you mentioned that are not having a good uh, run of it here so far this afternoon, who are having problems and losing some time. Their problem is in the corners. The car wants to kick out too much. They're not able to hold it down at the bottom of the racetrack. They're losing a lot of ground here. We saw Rusty Wallace a few laps ago trying to put a lap on a slower car. He went down to the inside of that car, actually made some contact because he couldn't keep his car down low enough. So he's really fighting as are some of the other drivers here at this stage of the race. Now Brett Bodine going inside of Rusty Wallace, bypassing the Kodiak Pontiac for 10th position. Rusty is back in 11th. Already 10 and a half seconds, Rusty Wallace is behind the race leader, Dale Earnhardt. That gives you an idea of how well Earnhardt and the rest are getting around the racetrack in comparison to some who are struggling. We're talking a moment ago about how well Michael Walter ran last week at Bristol, Tennessee, and he's doing very well here this afternoon. And he says that team has reached a point where the consistency is there. He feels like that they can run up front almost every week. Well, I hope so, Barney. You know, uh, we've had some streaks like this in the past, and they always come to a disappointing end. But, uh, you know, when I started this season, I decided that before I could seriously consider winning the race, I had to be consistently in the top ten week in and week out. And uh, so far, that's about what we've done, you know. Uh, had finishes of 9th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. The finishes ain't quite good, but I'm real pleased with, uh, with what we're doing. Uh, seems like I'm getting to drive a little easier and, and taking my time a little bit more because Kenny has got, you know, got us so much better motors than I've ever had in the past. And uh, Mike's got that little Mike Laughlin front steer car we use, just dialed in perfectly. He's worked on them all his life, and then, you know, he really knows what he's doing. I just get in it and go. That's exactly what he's doing here this afternoon. He's having a great run, Mike Walker. We'll have some comments a little bit later about the incident between himself and his brother at Bristol, Tennessee last weekend, and two completely different stories there. Oh, yeah. You know, you're taking that Mike Waltrip situation one step farther. I was talking with the team owner, Chuck Ryder, earlier this morning. He said they've got a new fabricator on the team who is really sharp as far as aerodynamics are concerned, rebuilding race cars, getting set for the upcoming Winston 500 at Talladega. But Michael Waltrip is one of those who has learned, as he said on the tape, how to get around. And Dick Brooks, you can identify with the fact that this is in some respects like a road course. They tell me the harder you drive here, the slower you can go, very much like uh, the case on a road course. You can overdrive this racetrack probably faster than any racetrack there is. Uh, Martinsville's tough, but when you keep your front tires up too much from here, these are long turns. That's a lot of drop. You're really going fast when you go down in the first turn, and uh, the car kind of wants to diamond the racetrack on you. And uh, you're right, there's four separate corners here. I'm standing up in the middle of the fourth corner on the inside where Joe Moore's on the outside and uh, watching these guys uh, kind of look right down in the car. And uh, some of these guys are really, really having a lot of trouble just holding the car in the bottom. Now, one thing that Richard Petty used to do here, of course, he always ran high on this racetrack, won a lot of races here. But one thing, he first of all, he didn't overdrive it ever. He always drove whatever the car would take. But he would work his traffic so good. He'd stay all the car through the corner, get him set up, and then have the momentum coming off the corner. And I noticed a lot of guys down here bumping each other as they come off the turns, and then it slows them down the other end. So that all set down, I guess, and uh, sooner or later, somebody's going to find out if you drive too hard, you go slow. One of the 
quickest cars on the racetrack is Darrell Waltrip. He has dispensed with Jeff Bodine to take over the number two position, and he's about two and a half seconds behind the leader, Dale Earnhardt. We'll be right back. Back with you with the North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall, Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Joel Moore. Hope you're enjoying our broadcast of the First Union 400 here on MRN Radio. The race currently led by Dale Earnhardt. The second spot is Darrell Waltrip. Third belongs to Jeff Bodine. Eli, I'm standing in the pits of Greg Sachs, and uh, got Jake Elder here. Jake, that was an unscheduled stop. What did you do? I went to take them hoods off, put them good years on. All right, that's what's uh, going to happen, I think, to a couple of them. Uh, they're just going to have to make a decision how far they want to go back waiting for a caution. The only problem is, though, remember the rule, if you're new to Winston Cup racing, if you change brands of tires, you must change all four tires. You cannot have uh, Hoosiers on the right side, Goodyear's on the left. And if you make a four-tire stop on a track like this under green, you're going to lose a handful of laps or so. Greg Sachs had a very good stop and lost only four laps. He didn't lose five. He lost four. So you do give up a good bit. But after a while, Barney, it's a calculated guess and a calculated gamble. You've got to make that stop or else keep on going backwards. Here comes Lake Speed and the crew in to attend to his car. Let's go back to pit road. Well, I can't tell exactly for sure if they're going to do the same thing. They are going to put Goodyear tires on. And I think they... Just decided that, uh, you know, it's time to make a change. They're going to have to do it now and make what kind of adjustment we're going to have. Uh, I think in the case of Rusty Wallace, where he's waiting and waiting and waiting, it's going to be difficult to make that up. And uh, I don't know. They're just going to have to make a decision. It's one of those things those pit crew men get paid for. Good battle for the lead going on out of turn number two. And Waltrip, that's Darrell Waltrip, grabs it in three. He's got some power in that time machine. He takes it around on the outside coming off turn two, pulls up alongside Earnhardt and bypasses him to take the top spot. So as the field continues, interestingly, Hutt Strickland coming in for a tire change. They're going to stay with the Hoosier tires. He'll make a change on the right side, but go to a new set of Hoosiers staying with the same brand. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. At North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina, Darrell Waltrip now the race leader over Dale Earnhardt. Jeff Bodine is running up among the top five, but he has lost his third spot now to Alan Kowicki in the Xerox Ford. So Kowicki is running in third. Jeff Bodine is fourth. And fifth place belongs to Mark Martin. Pit stops are both Hutch Strickland and the Ernie Irvin machine. Four-tire change takes a bit longer than they would like for the Hutch Strickland Hines car. Ernie Irvin, though, getting good service from Bob Johnson and the crew. They, the Ernie Irvin team, does shift to the Goodyear tires, though again, Hutt Strickland stays on the Hoosiers. We are 65 laps complete. Let's go to pit road. Eli, part of the problem with Hutt Strickland's car was they couldn't get the right front tire back on. They got it off, but uh, the jack was sinking on them, and there was nobody paying attention to it, and they couldn't get the tire back on. By the time they got it figured out, uh, they lost an awful lot of time. Tell you what, Darrell Waltrip is just slicing through traffic anywhere he wants to put that car, passing in the middle of the corner, straight away, wherever. He's really got her hooked up. Now, he's got about as many miles on this racetrack as any driver in the field today. And he thought the radial tire might be the way to go, although he said he's not really sure what's going to happen. I asked him yesterday, I said, assess the radials for me. Exactly what is the problem and what are the pluses in it? Well, first of all, the pro one problem is the horror stories. You know, we've had a couple of cars crashed up here practicing and... That's going to be a, a psychological disadvantage for anybody that wants to run the tires. Plus, they're just different. You know, they feel different. And uh, when you go out on the racetrack the first lap or two, they don't do what you expect them to. And uh, 
It's just a tire that the longer you run it, the better it feels to you. But I don't know how long you can. Uh, I don't know what kind of chance you could take on a restart or even going out to qualify if you didn't happen to just have everything perfect. Well, he seems to have everything perfect. And Walker told a lot of people in the garage area that he felt like it was was more or less a psychological deal. He said, I don't think there's anything wrong with that tire. It'll work as good as anything we've ever had. You're just going to have to run it enough to, to where you've got confidence in it to stick that car on in the corner, and that's what he's doing. I think the funniest thing is, and again, uh, I don't know about you. I know I've never driven a race car. The drivers say, well, it feels different, but if you put a gun to my head and ask me to tell you exactly what it's doing, it's, it's tough to tell. Darrell Walter was probably the best at trying to verbalize exactly what the car is doing. He said it just feels different. One driver said it feels like he's running with a flat tire, although he knows the tire is not flat. You just have to get that through your mind. Here's Morgan Shepard into the attention of the Raymock crew for a tire change. Let's go to his pit. Well, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do with that as far as changing tires. Uh, I'll have an answer for you just in a minute. Indeed, they do change the uh, brands of tires here also. The Hoosiers come off the Valvoline car, and the Goodyears will be going on a four-tire step, obviously, when they change those brands here on lap number 75. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for our See Better Drive Safer sale. Right now, get a $15 gift card after mail-in rebate when you purchase select Sylvania bulbs for your headlights. Plus, earn double O-Rewards points. Visit your professional parts people today at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, a good battle between Alan Kowicki and Dale Earnhardt. They're battling for second place behind the leader, Darrell Waltrip, on the backstretch. Last lap, side by side. Once again, back into turn number three, it's Kowicki down on the inside. Earnhardt with the outside position. They make a bit of contact here in turn number three. Still dead even off turn four. Kowicki pulls out of the corner about a car length ahead of Dale Earnhardt. He may get the spot away. Directly ahead of them right now is Rusty Wallace. He's already gone a lap down. That's how bad his car is working here in the early going. Kowicki picks up the number two position. Dale drops back to third. They're over in turn three. So Kowicki gets by, also gets a couple of lapped cars between himself and Earnhardt. Dale Jarrett is there, also the Larry Pearson car as they exit turn four. Let's go to the pitch. Dick Brooks, a problem with Jimmy Means' car. Yeah, he had a problem on the right front. They got a fire up there. They got uh, like a brake line loose or something. They're having trouble putting it out, so they're going to take it in the garage and work on it. Neil Bonnet came in. They took the hoosers off of his car, put good years on, and the Woods Brothers dropped him down and let him go. They're pushing Jimmy Means' car down pit road, heading for the garage, trying to cure the problem, whatever it is, and get him back on the racetrack if they can. If you just joined our broadcast, Harry Gant is the only car that we're showing in the garage. He had a rear-end problem in the early going here this afternoon, and as of yet, that car is still behind the pit wall in the garage. We're at the North Wilkesboro Speedway this afternoon for the running of the first Union 400. Darrell Walter comes out of turn number four. He's one of the winningest drivers here at the Speedway, but in victory lane a lot of times in Junior Johnson's car and some of the other teams he drove for over the years. He likes this racetrack, and he knows his way around it as well as anyone. 
Meanwhile, the man who's in second place right now, Alan Kowicki, has been trying to stay consistent and run well, and it's working for him not only here this weekend as he has bypassed Dale Earnhardt for second, but it's working for him in general. Well, it is, but if you understand what you're doing with the car, and you, you know, you should continually go forward. You know, you shouldn't go backward if, if you know what you're doing with the car and with your team. And right now, I'm real pleased with my team and all the guys that have working on it. And, uh, yeah, I think we've demonstrated, you know, the first six races this year, we've been consistently near the front. And I don't see any reason that we can't maintain this the rest of the year. Jim Phillips is standing by with Jimmy Means in the garage. Jimmy Means, you come behind the pit wall. What for? And the brakes started going away from the start. I thought we blowed out a right front brake caliper. Well, you probably had a good qualifying run today. It looks like that you hit the right setup with the brake crop. Yeah, we were a little loose. We were trying to, you know, get some tires to get her tightened up. But then uh, when we stopped with the tires, the pumps come out, I guess. That's Jimmy Means. He's out of here this afternoon. Well, he's had more than his share of problems in the early going this season in that Alka-Seltzer car. But they did have a good qualifying run, and things are looking up for them. Just a moment ago, about four laps ago, this official rundown from NASCAR timing and scoring. Darrell Waltup, the leader. Dale Earnhardt running second. Third was Alan Kowicki. Fourth was Jeff Bodine. Fifth was Mark Martin. Dick Trickle hangs in there a consistent sixth. Seventh, Brent Bodine having a good run today. Terry Labonte has dropped back to eighth. In ninth position is Bill Elliott. And the last car they were showing on the lead lap about five laps ago would have been Michael Waltup. So ten cars are still on the lead lap. And, of course, since that rundown, as we just mentioned, Alan Kowicki moving up into the second spot, having bypassed Dale Earnhardt with those positions very much up for grabs at this point. I've been keeping an eye, Joe Moore, on the Terry Labonte car. He's been doing a good job holding off Bill Elliott and Mike Waltrip. Those cars nose to tail the last handful of laps as they battle for spots. They've been battling for position among themselves, plus, of course, having to work the traffic on the raceway that everyone else is dealing with. And Labonte has been doing a good job of working his way through the traffic, picking his way sometimes to the inside, sometimes to the outside. He leads Elliott now back into turn number three. They've cleared the Hunt Strickland car, and they're just ahead of Michael Waltrip here as they exit turn four. That is the battle for eighth, ninth, and tenth spots. Those cars all on the lead lap. They don't have that much of an advantage, though, on Darrell Waltrip, who's coming around to lap them. Darrell is about five seconds away from putting eighth, ninth, and tenth to lap down. That gives you the idea as to how well Darrell Waltrip is getting around this racetrack. You think, Barney, over the years, it has been an advantage having, oh, Provost Schrader nearly loops his car coming on a pit road. Kenny Schrader came off turn four to the attention of the crew, looped it, Partway and then saved it, and the crew was able to service the machine. And now here comes Rusty Wallace in for service. Let's go to pit road. Rusty Wallace brings the Kodiak Pontiac in. They had a plan, had a plan to switch tires on the Kodiak Pontiac, and that's what they're going to do. They'll have a four-tire change this time, and it's going to be looks like one of those patented Kodiak Pontiac changes. They're out on the left side now, jacking up that left side, putting in the Unical gasoline, and Rusty is. Waiting to the gas flashes out and get it all in there. He's down and away. A good stop for Rusty Wallace. And Rusty Wallace, a four-tire change, goes back onto the speedway. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Kenny Schrader got it all gathered back up and uh, actually did pretty good in stopping the pits. They, uh, after the crew got all their composure back together, they changed all four on his car and let him uh, let him back down and go. One of the things that we can comment on the car with Rusty Wallace, those guys uh, knew that they were going to have to change tires. The decision had to be made probably in about 30 laps where they were going to they were going to uh you know come in and change four tires lose about three laps or stay out there and just hope for a caution now by bidding along as early as they have here they're going to go back with fresh tires on and if their chassis set up is right with these tires they'll be able to make up some of that time uh after
after about 30 laps, they really didn't have any choice other than just stay out here as long as they have. Could be another factor in that also, Dick, and that's the fact that the Hoosier tires versus the radial tires require a little different chassis setup. And if you switch them, that may take a pit stop or two to make a few adjustments on it to get the car to come in like you need it. With that, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. We'll be back to North Wilkesboro in a moment. Pit stops continuing here in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina in the first Union 400 Winston Cup race. The second stop of the day for Hutch Strickland and the first for Sterling Marlin. Let's cover Marlin's stop. It's going to be all four tires for Marlin. He's going like the other drivers. He's changing all four tires. He's going to the Goodyear tire. They're putting in that Union Cal gasoline. He's down and away. Ricky Rudd's pit board is up. And he's coming in. It's going to be Goodyear tires. He also started on Hoosier tires, so they're going to change all four on this stop. It's going to be scuff tires for Ricky Rudd stop. Putting in the Union Cal gasoline right now. The right side have a little problem with the front side. It's, it's going to be a four-tire stop for Ricky Rudd. And when we talked last time, Hutch Strickland was in, how we were somewhat surprised he went from the Hoosiers and stayed on the Hoosiers while everybody else was changing brands. This time in, he too changes to the Goodyear tires. First place to second, two and one-tenth seconds. That's the advantage Darrell Waltrip still has on Alan Kowicki. But, Barney, it's been a while since we've seen a man get around this racetrack as impressively. Only seven cars remain on the lead lap at this most recent computation. 105 laps are complete. It's also been a while since we've seen a Junior Johnson-prepared car go down a lap this quickly in a race. Well, their car obviously just is not getting through the corners. He started dropping back a little bit after about eight or ten laps, and they're going to have to make some adjustments on that car. And Tim Brewer will be one of the first to tell you they've been coming here for a lot of years that it doesn't worry them sometimes because they're able to adjust to track conditions, and that's usually the car that will win is the team that can adjust and get the car dialed in before the day is over. But he can't afford to lose another lap or so. Ben Hess will make his pit stop here at North Wilkesboro. We're just past the 100-lap mark here in the first Union 400 this afternoon. Darrell Waltrip is setting a blistering pace. It is unreal to watch him get around here. No matter where he catches a car, in the corner, wherever else, he can seem to work his way around it and just keep on getting it up through the field. He has really got it hooked up. Perhaps we can get Jim Phillips to step over into his pit there in just a moment and maybe talk with Jeff Hammond because Darrell yesterday was literally being very truthful when he said, I'm not sure. He said, I think we're either going to be real good or we're going to be real bad. But so far, he has been really, really good. They are now showing, what, seven cars still on the lead lap. And here comes Darrell Waltrip off turn number four. We've got the stopwatch on him this lap. 20.9 seconds, 106.59 miles an hour. Obviously down a good bit from qualifying, which is always to be expected, but a darn good race pace being set by Darrell Waltrip. 20.9 seconds We're the last pit, time by. Eli. Let's go down to his pit area. And the Darrell Waltrip pit, you didn't qualify good, Jeff Hammond, but you're really getting around the racetrack today. Darrell is doing a super job, and the Goodyear tires are just holding up just extremely well. You know, the, we've been looking for a good combination up here for a while, but we hadn't run good in a long time here at Wilkesboro, but uh, we got a pretty good handle on it, at least at the moment. You know, if we get a few things to fall our way, maybe it could be our day. We'd like to get back to Victor Lane here at Wilkesboro. He's really working the traffic great. Oh, you know, he's working it high and he's working it low. I've, I've never seen Darrell race this good in a long time up here, so, it's, you know, it's a big thrill for us, and I'm sure he's having a lot of fun right now. Jeff Hammond, Darrell Walker, Scrooge. 
You know, Barney, I was almost I was about to ask that question just for discussion earlier, just before Kenny Schrader had his interesting entrance to Pit Road, whether a man who has had so much success at this racetrack, of course, Darrell ran and did it all with Junior Johnson here at Wilkesboro, whether that experience of knowing exactly how a car works, trouble on the back straight, straightaway, Lake Speed has spun and tagged the outside retaining wall. We are under caution on lap number 115. Caution is on the speedway as Lake Speed's bullseye machine just spun coming off the number two corner. It is rear end first into the outside retaining wall, and the leaders have just now taken the caution flag. And I was I was going to question whether Daryl Waltrip's experience with Junior in a car that worked so very well here has managed to carry over to help him out here through the years. I'm sure it has. Been a big difference for him. There's no question about that. We'll talk with him in just a moment. We had a piece of tape about that very thing, about how many years they came up here and tested when he was with Junior. Anytime they wanted to check something on a car, it's only about eight or ten miles down to the shop, and they always came up here. Here comes the rush onto pit road. The leader is in. Waltrip is in right now. Also, Alan Kowicki, Mike Waltrip. Let's go to the pits. Jim Phillips. Dale Waltrip brings that tied Chevrolet in. They're going to the right side to put those brand new good rich radials, good good year radials on. And also, Dale Earnhardt has the good rich Chevrolet. It's same order for him. Also, Jeff Bodine is in on this side. Terry Labonte has the Budweiser Chevrolet in. Further down pick road, Rick Wilson is also changing tires. And up uh, further on pick road, let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Greg Sachs is interchanging four tires on his car. And uh, I think everybody's going to do this. I mean, well, they got to. But Brent Bodine, uh, Lake Speed's crew, is kind of waiting to see what's going to happen to him. Uh, and he comes in and he's got the car. Been up pretty well on the left front. He couldn't get in his pit, so it looks like he may be going into the garage area with it. Uh, I think everybody down there just basically going to make a four-tire stop and do all the changing that they've got to do. Man, this was a long time without a caution. And these guys probably didn't expect it, or a lot of them was hoping for a caution anyway. So now just about all the front runners have been in the pits with a four-tire change. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. Here at North Wilkesboro Speedway, we're about set to go back to green on the Armour NASCAR scoreboard. We'll remind you that the Winston Modified Tour was to have run the spring sizzler at Stafford Motor Speedway in Connecticut today, but it's been rained out, postponed until May the 7th. Mike McLaughlin is the points leader, with next stop being the Raven Boats 150 at Martinsville next Saturday. Here yesterday at North Wilkesboro, the Southern NASCAR Modifieds, Jimmy Spencer in the Hayes Jewelers Pontiac getting the win, coming back from a lap down to get the victory over Gary Myers, Randy Morrison, Jay Hedgecock, and Lee Sherwood. There has been a driver change, as we told you there would be earlier. Phil Parsons has left the car he started, and Rodney Combs has taken over in the red, purple, and white number 60, and we're back to green. We're back under green, and Rusty Wallace takes the green flag first. He's a couple laps down, but he's ahead of leader Darrell Waltrip as they race off turn two. Waltrip tries to pick his way through the field. He gets around the Sterling Marlin car, now pulls up along another lapped machine, that of Ricky Rudd here at turn number four. Second-place car of Dale Earnhardt trapped back behind Michael Waltrip. There are only seven cars on the lead lap. Darrell Waltrip, Alan Kowicki, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Bodine, Brett Bodine, Dick Trickle with a super run, and then Mark Martin, the only cars on the lead lap. The leaders head to turn three. Jeff Bodine battles with Alan Kowicki for position, and Bodine comes out on top. He picks up that third spot by moving to the inside of Alan Kowicki. Kowicki next in line, then Dick Trickle working on the outside of the lap, Ben Heskar. Dale Earnhardt's boxed in behind Michael Walker. He tapped him a little bit coming through the corners, does again in one and two. Now, that's just a friendly tap to say, hey, I'm here, and I'm running strong. Let me get by. I need to catch your brother up there. That's exactly who he's going after in turn three. He gets down to the inside of Michael Walter going into Turn number three, Walter gives him plenty of racing room. Now Earnhardt clears that machine, sets its sights on older brother Darrell. 
setting the situation on Rusty Wallace. He is now on the tail end of one lap down, almost two laps down. That's where he's running directly ahead of Darrell Waltrip, the race leader. The back in turn three. It's a threesome up in front of the pack. The lapped car, Rusty Wallace, then the lap machine of Ricky Rudd, then race leader Darrell Waltrip. He's doing everything he can to try to get by. Ricky Rudd also sees him coming there. Rusty almost loses control of the car coming off turn number four. Rusty now does lose control of the car as they go off into turn number one. He spins it around as the whole field has to really get on the binders to get through over there. He gets it in a straight line. We'll keep going, and we may remain under green. Looks like we're going to. No problems, but Wallace turned it around in the middle of one and two and is now way back in the field. A little close contact going off in the corner. This race will remain under green. Darrell Waltrip continues to lead as he takes the field back to turn number one. It has allowed Dale Earnhardt to get out of some of that boxed-in traffic that had him there for a moment, and he is within two car lengths of catching the leader. Bernie, we got uh, Phil Parsons was driving for Rodney Combs, and he got out of the car, Rodney got back in. Phil, how's the track conditions, and uh, tell us what kind of tires you were on. Dick, we were on Goodyear tires. Track really started getting slick off before, like you know it usually does here, but... Rodney, I really appreciate Rodney and all his automotion people for letting us drive the car. We had a little tough luck Dick make the race, so I really appreciate them letting me drive it. It was fun for a while. I was going to go to the first caution. I didn't know we'd go half the race, but I think that was the same. I think a lot of people had the same expectation that there was going to be a caution lap earlier, and it just didn't happen that way. Meanwhile, Lake Speed's car is in the garage area after that first caution flag of the day. Let's see if we get an update from Jim Phillips. There's problems for Darrell Waltrip. He slows just a little bit. That opens the outside to Dale Earnhardt, and Earnhardt makes the move around the Tide Chevrolet. Darrell is back up to full race speed. For a moment, it looked as though they were a problem, but Joe Moore, it was just that Earnhardt got by him as quickly as he did. He slowed just enough to open the door. It looks like, as to say, go on by, you can take the lead. But Waltrip, but definitely not the full song now. The car has dropped off the pace just a bit, and Earnhardt is really storming away from him. He's picked up some four car lengths. The front three worked across the stripe, head back into turn number one. Dale Earnhardt is the leader. Darrell Waltrip rides second. Jeff Bodine is third. There's about 10 or 15 car lengths from first back to third, and it's about a half a second back now to the fourth-place car of Alan Kowicki. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, let's go back down to Jim Phillips. We've caught up with Lake Speed. A lot of work going on this Bullseye Oldsmobile. Well, these guys are not going to quit. We've been here for the championship points, and it's just a shame, you know, that things have to happen the way they do. But all I can say is the bullseye wins Oldsmobile will be back out there in a few minutes. Just hang in there. What did happen out there? It's just a case of different people coming in for tires, you know, because we started on the Hoosier and the Goodyear was so much quicker. We had to come in and get it. We were running pretty fast. And then other cars started going in and getting pit, you know, pitting and getting tires. And there was a car on the track that I'd been lapping before. I passed him going into one, and I wasn't expecting. Evidently, he had just gotten new tires on. When I turned into the apex thinking there wasn't anybody there, he was evidently right on my quarter, and it just spun me out. And you got it picked? Yeah, you know, I think it'll be, you know, patched up. We'll get out there and ride around. That's Lake Speed. He's in the garage area. They're working on it. So only a couple of cars in the garage. Now Harry Gant has returned to the race. He is many, many laps behind, but Gant has the skull bandit back on the racetrack. Jimmy Means is the other car in the garage along with Lake Speed. Waltrip is not running up to par. A lot of smoke a minute ago, and it is still pouring out of Dale Jarrett's Hardy's machine as he brings it back into the pits. 
and he may also be heading for the garage. The smoke had continued to start very lightly and then got very heavy the last five or six laps. Here he is on pit road. Looks like he'll be making that left turn into the garage also, and we'll find out what the problem is there in just a moment. But you're right, Darrell Waltrip has had Jeff Bodine and Michael Waltrip both go by him. Darrell now settles down into the fourth place. Here comes the race leader, Dale Earnhardt, off turn number four. We'll get the interval because he's really pulling away from first to second is one and seven tenths seconds, so Earnhardt has really set fly, and now Alan Kowicki will be battling Darrell Waltrip as one car spins. Sterling Marlin up the banking in turn number two. Caution is yet to be displayed. Now it is shown by Harold Kinder. Marlin's car stays put right in the middle of the racing groove in turn two, but everybody manages to avoid him. We are under caution on lap number 135. Caution for the second time today. Jim Phillips is in the Darrell Waltrip pit. Jeff Hammond had a new distributor out with all the new wires on it, so it looks like it's an ignition problem for Darrell Waltrip. So this may be a break for Darrell. They can get in under this caution and at least save some time if they can get it replaced and get him back onto the racetrack. He might not lose too many laps at all. We're under caution for the second time again, spinning over in turn number two. Sterling Marlin spun his car out, didn't appear to make any contact with the wall. He now has it fired up. He's on the tail end of the field and riding on around this racetrack, but we'll likely see him in the pits here in just a moment. We'll be right back. It wasn't just built to be a museum. It was built to be a shrine to the history, heritage, and future of the sport we love. Visit the NASCAR Hall of Fame and see how Petty, Earnhardt, and hundreds of other NASCAR legends became heroes. Watch their most electrifying moments, experience realistic racing simulators, and much more. Plan a trip to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Tickets at NASCARHall.com. NASCAR Hall of Fame. This is our sport. This is our house. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. It was a very brief caution flag here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway when Sterling Marlin spun and did not make contact with the wall. There was no cleanup to take place, and we are back to green flag racing on lap number 140. Dale Earnhardt does lead over Jeff Bodine. Michael Waltrip is next, then Alan Kowicki and Dick Trickle up on the leaderboard into the fifth spot. Brett Bodine also on the lead lap as well. Jimmy Means came out of the garage, made one lap, and has returned to the garage area. We'll continue to update that story. And Dale Jarrett now pushes the Hardy's machine back from the garage, and he'll be returning to the race after spending some 10 laps in the garage area. Jim Phillips, what was the story on Darrell Waltrip's car when they came in for that quick stop? Dr. Crew member Bill Wilburn, he said he, they think it's a plug wire, just one wire that is maybe burned. They didn't have a chance to work on it this time, but the next time the have a caution flag they're going to try to replace that plug wire Waltrip is just right now riding back there about the middle of the pack in traffic just trying to hold what he has meanwhile the leader Dale Earnhardt pulls him off turn number three Jeff Bodine is within striking distance about four car lengths back it's a pretty good ways back now of a half a straightaway to Alan Kowicki and Dick Trickle as they work down into turns one and two single file and off the number two corner and up the back stretch one group goes single file as they come off turn number two and go uphill towards turn three further back in the field we're watching Brett Bodine he's running in the sixth position now Bodine make that the fifth spot for Bodine he's working down on the inside of the Ken Schrader car, one of the lap machines, and is trying to get around that, going to the outside now of turn four. 
You know who's really been impressive, Barney, over the last number of weeks, filling in for Mike Alexander? Dick Trickle. Of course, this is his type of a racetrack. He has so many miles and 700-plus victories on racetracks just like this. But he's running a very smart, heady race, a very steady line today. And he's shown that week after week here of late. He's a thinking race driver. He doesn't try to take an eighth-place car and win with it. He'll just do what it's capable of doing. And he assesses the field and everybody else out there and kind of paces himself. And he will come up with some good finishes. He's done that in the last four or five times he's been in that car. Mark Martin working on Brett Bodine, a couple of Fords doing a little close quarter racing out of turn number four as they come back into the front straightaway. And that should be for fifth position as they come down the line and head back into turn number one. Bodine's having a good run. Bud Moore's cars always seem to do well here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. We'll follow that one off turn two and up the backstretch. Again, that's a battle for the fifth position. The spot is held by Brett Bodine. Mark Martin is there. A lot of traffic also added to the equation. Though those single file, this through, through the corner. And again, still bumper to bumper off turn four. Well, they continue back towards the stripe. We are 150 laps complete of the 400 that make up the total distance. Race still being led by Dale Earnhardt. Jeff Bodine running in the second spot. Further back, Alan Kulwicki is running in third. He, too, is having a good run here today. He says you really can't afford to stand still in this business. He has shown steady improvement, Kulwicki has, and he's showing more of it again today. No, you can't. You know, good isn't good enough. Uh, what's good enough one day might be 10th next week, and you got to keep searching, got to keep working, and, you know, we never give up, and I don't think any of the guys on my team do. Uh, you know, some teams will unload their car, make a few laps, and if it's working pretty good, they'll just park it. If, if ours is working good, we try to get it even a little bit better. And, you know, we almost always use all the time that's available to us and never give up. Let's go back to the pits, Jim Phillips. We've talked about Dale Jarrett coming in the garage area. They had a brake caliper malfunction. It was leaking brake fluid, so they just closed off that brake fluid. He's now working with three. That was the problem with Dale Jarrett, a brake caliper malfunction. The attrition rate has been very light here in the early going at the North Wilkesboro Speedway in the first Union 400. The four cars that did go to the garage, three of them are back on the racetrack. Harry Gant, Jimmy Means, and, of course, Dale Jarrett back out there right now. Lake Speed continues to try and get his car back into the event. Leading the race is Dale Earnhardt. That's no big surprise because he gets around most of the short tracks about as well as anyone. He now has pulled Jeff Bodine by just about a half a straightaway up the back chute and through turns three and four. Back in the third position right now, Alan Kulwicki is losing a little ground. If anything, a moment ago he was closing up a little bit, but right now he's caught back behind Rick Wilson and Michael Waltrip and seems to be dropping back just a little bit more. Dick Trickle is a little further back behind him in the fourth position. We were talking about Darrell Waltrip a little bit earlier here as the field strings out single file for the moment of having had a lot of years and experience and liking the North Wilkesboro Speedway. He put all that into perspective yesterday. Yeah, I like to win here. Uh, of course, uh, I won a lot here driving for junior, and that just kind of goes with the territory. Uh, a lot of people say, well, how come you won so much in junior's car and you haven't won in your own? But uh, that's, that'll come. We're going we're gonna to run good here Sunday, and I may win here Sunday. But uh, it's just, I think, the thing about junior's car was we came here almost once a week, seemed like, and tried new things or tested. And so you could almost run the track blindfolded. And uh, then the fans up here and junior and Floss and everybody – uh, they didn't put any pressure on you to win, but you knew that if you were going to win any one race all year long, you'd like for it to be this one. He was in a good position a little bit earlier. Right now they're nursing a car that is not up to par, but they've got time to fix it. They said they probably had a plug wire that was giving them a problem. If they can get that hooked up, he's still out there running real good laps. He's 
staying within sight of the leader. He's about a little better than a half a lap behind. There are really a handful of drivers who have that ability, too, over the years to make an ill car work well. Waltrip is one of those. Dale Earnhardt can really well do that. And you know who else that's on today? Cale Yarbrough. He can really take what ailed the race car and make it work as best he could on a racetrack. Well, there's a, a lot of drivers that could do that. And right now, Rusty Wallace is one of the best. We'll talk with him about that a little bit later this afternoon. Let's take a break, and we'll be back to North Wilkesboro. We are under caution here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina. An incident in turn four. Jim Sauter brought his car down the back stretch into turn number three. The car just didn't want to hold down at the bottom of the racetrack as low as Jim tried to put it. Looked like he hit the curbing down on the inside of the racetrack. That shot the car up the banking. A little bit of banking there is here. And put him into the outside retaining wall. He looped the car around. Some invasive moves made by drivers getting by. Greg Sachs particularly went way wide, almost up on the wall to get around. He made a real cool move there. Sauter refired his car just a little bit of sheet metal damage he's headed back to the pits this is going to be interesting right here they've just given the one to go signal and all the leaders figuring there might have been another lap or two of caution everybody and his brother has come down pit road for service jim phillips right uh, terry labotti came in first he already has his more tires dale earnhardt is in for more tires also jeff bodine rick wilson still on the jack further down pit road sterling marlin still on the jack and we're going to have to hurry to get out of here dick brooks well, same thing down here. All the cars at this end came in to put four tires on. Once they committed to it, they about had to finish up, but probably going to be a good idea anyway. They'll all be about equal. Today's broadcast of the first Union 400 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the North Wilkesboro Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. We're back under green. Darrell Waltrip is the leader as he pulls him off turn number two. Dale Earnhardt locks in right behind him. Terry Labonte is a lap car down to the inside. He'll race Darrell up into turn three. Labonte's battling, trying to get back on the lead lap. He's right underneath Darrell Waltrip. Dead even. There's side by side off turn four. They come back towards the start-finish line. Jim Sauter's car remains on pit road, but Dale Earnhardt now inside of Darrell Waltrip as Waltrip's tide machine slipped out to the outside just a bit, and the battle continues off number two. Earnhardt makes the move and picks up the spot, now leaves Darrell Waltrip back a ways. Here's Rusty Wallace. He's battling, trying to get back on the lead lap. He works down to the inside of Darrell Waltrip, bypasses that car off turn four. Wallace just muscled his way in there and moves underneath Darrell Waltrip, who is not running anywhere near as well as he did earlier this afternoon. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt eases in behind Terry Labonte, pulls off turn two, and heads for three. Draws a line on him going into turn number three. Looks to the outside, but there's nothing there down to the inside. That's where Labonte rides, so he has to follow his tire tracks off turn four. Meanwhile, at the head end of pit road, Jim Sauter's car has come to a stop there. He has stopped in the exit of pit road. The NASCAR official checking out the situation there. But up to turn number three, Dale Earnhardt's pulling away, Joe. He's having a hard time, though, getting around the Terry Labonte car. Try to get the outside lane coming off turn number two. Labonte saw him coming, so he stepped up on the high side of the racetrack. Now he'll battle again with him going back into turn one. It's Earnhardt going down to the inside to try to grab the spot. Again, Labonte is on the tail end of the lead lap, trying to stay there as Earnhardt's trying to get around him, put him back down a lap. Right behind Earnhardt, the other lap car of Rusty Wallace, a busy threesome here as they exit turn four. Talked a moment ago about Tim Brewer and that crew continuing to make adjustments on the car all day long, and they're very good at that at the short tracks, and all of a sudden they found a combination that works for Terry Labonte, as Dale Earnhardt is nowhere near getting around him. He's dropped back now two car lengths. 
They'll move up on another lapped car, that of Rick Mast, the Banquet Foods machine off turn number four. Still, Earnhardt looking at the rear end of the Budweiser Ford of Terry Lamonte. But at the same time, he's also pulling away three seconds from Darrell Waltrip and Jeff Bodine. Those two cars tied tightly together. And now Bodine trying to make a move inside of Waltrip off turn two. That's a battle for the second spot. They'll come side by side down the back straightaway into turn number three. Let's see who gives. There's lap traffic ahead. Jim Sauter down on the inside of the racetrack. He'll duck down on the pit road, and Bodine gets by. Jeff Bodine gets around. Now, Darrell Waltrip's car, as we told you, is not running up to par as it was earlier this afternoon. He is off just a little bit, and that little bit is really hurting him here this afternoon. Ricky Rudd pulls up alongside Darrell Waltrip also and is going to race him over into the corner in three. Rudd's not on the lead lap, but Waltrip's got to worry about Dick Trickle. He's right behind. Next in line, Trey's going to make a move. Rudd opens up the inside line. Trickle almost got a shot at Waltrip. Ricky Rudd being shown a couple of laps down, but he'll now watch. Trouble out of turn number two. Rusty Wallace gets down on the apron of the racetrack, and the car spun sideways. He keeps it in a straight line, but again, Rusty Wallace has some problems down in turns one and two. He almost turned that car completely around, but did a great piece of driving to keep it in a straight line will remain under green so wallace just not been his corner here today and here goes dick trickle again he'll try and grab second place away from darrell waltrip they touch just a bit in the corner coming off turn number two they go three wide because michael waltrip also is in that battle trickle now sticks the nose of his machine out in front he picks up the spot in turn number three waltrip falls back in behind the next car in line which is michael waltrip gotta be frustrating for darrell waltrip to have the car hooked up like he did in the early going this afternoon it looked like he might be able to lead a lot of this race and now all of a sudden it's off just a tick and he is just having trouble holding cars behind him. Wallace gets underneath him now after turning the car sideways over there just a moment ago. And they come out of turn number four and back into the front straightaway. Dale Earnhardt now has a full straightaway on the rest of the field. Jeff Bodine, the rest of the field being in the number two position. Dick Trickle is locked up in traffic there behind him, riding third. That's going to be a battle for a position here in just a moment as Trickle is only a couple of car lengths behind, up in three. Trickle is sitting there watching to see what's going to happen between that battle. Jeff Bodine is on the outside of the lap car of Ricky Rudd. They're running side by side. Trickle's not going to make a move yet. He's just waiting. Again, Ricky Rudd showing a couple of laps down on the most recent rundown. Jim Sauter has taken his slender you machine to the garage area. Dick Brooks, what were they working on? He hit a lot harder in the front than it uh, appeared from the sheet metal. He had bent uh, some of the steering up front. Also, it bent some of the uh, mounting for the sheet metal back into the uh, suspension part. So they're going to have to go cut it off. That Good. is the aftermath of the spin on lap 160. Good That's solid battle going on for the number two spot. It was for just a second anyway. Dick Trickle suddenly grabs it away from Jeff Bodine. They're up to three. What happened there was Ricky Rudd opened that inside lane down underneath Jeff Bodine. Trickle was sitting there waiting for him to do it. When he did, Trickle stuck the nose of his car down low, bypassed the Bodine car. He now runs second. We'll be back in a moment. We're here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina. Eli Gold with Barney Hall. Dale Earnhardt leads the first Union 400. 185 laps complete of those 400 revolutions. Very spirited battle between Jeff Bodine, Alan Kulwicki, and Mark Martin. They've been battling for position, Joe Moore, the last handful of laps on the racetrack. Third, fourth, and fifth place all battling together, Eli. Right now, Bodine has grabbed the third position. The battle rages for the fourth spot. Mark Martin's down on the inside of Alan Kulwicki as they exit turn four. And Hunt Strickland drifts a little high up in the middle of three and four. Keeps the car in a straight line, but he is off the pace a wee bit. That battle goes back to turn number one. They may stack them three deep. That's exactly what they're going to do off the corner. Mark Martin dives down underneath Jeff Bodine. Martin gets the car a bit loose there as he battles with Bodine coming off turn two. Does a good job of handling the whole car coming back into turn number three. Bodine goes up the banking off turn number four. Martin's able to clear that machine and grab the spot. So Mark Martin muscled his way to the inside of Jeff Bodine. Now Alan Kulwicki will again try and do the same thing. Bodine 
nine. Chevy goes up the bank in just a bit in turn two. A battle for the fourth position here as they come down the back straightaway into turn number three. Bodine on the outside. Kowicki down low. No other cars have come into play here. Kowicki has the power. He gets a good bite off the corner, and he picks up the spot. Fans have been watching this battle between Kowicki and Jeff Bodine. They've made contact on the racetrack a couple of times in both ends of the speedway. In fact, Jeff Bodine almost got turned around over there just a moment ago. Now that battle evaporates, and they go in single file. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Well, we're standing over here at the Dick Trickle Pit. These guys just watching Dick go around this racetrack, and he seems to have everything in line. Jimmy, you have a great race car today, and Dick seems to like this racetrack. Dick seems to like North Wilsboro. Yeah, he's out there running pretty good. Uh, we just made a little adjustment, so it seemed to pick him up a little bit. That's Jimmy Finning and Dick Trickle's crew chief. They're having a great run here this afternoon. What a lot of people may not know is that Dick, Dick Trickle and Jimmy Finning have worked together on other racing circuits, and they have pretty good communication, and they've really clicked as a group in that car as far as the overall team effort and putting what he wants underneath the race car. You can see that right away, that there was not that much problem in communication between Dick Trickle and the team and what he needed in a car by the runs of running up to the top five, top six, top seven, almost every place he's been. And the, the always a good telling factor is when you talk to a guy like an Alan Kowicki, who knows Jimmy Fennick from Wisconsin. You talk to a man like Mark Martin, who knows of Jimmy Fennick from ASA racing days. When, when Fennick showed up on the circuit uh, to work with Bobby Allison, and those fellas said they're going to be tough because Fennick knows his stuff. That's the best accolade you can get. Here's Jeff Bodine slowing on the racetrack. Bodine is going to come down pit road to the attention of Waddell Wilson and the crew, Jim Phillips. Brings in the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. Joey Knuckles around on that right rear. Jeff Chandler on the right front. Working on the right, so looking at the left side tires, it's going to be a two-tire stop for Jeff Bodine and the Levi Gary Chevrolet. Putting in gasoline, the two tires are on, he's down and away. They dropped the jack and send him back out of the speedway, and something had gone off a little bit because Jeff Bodine was having trouble just holding any position on the racetrack. And once he lost a couple of spots, they elected to bring that car on pit road and see if they could cure the problem. He is back on the speedway, but now he's got some ground to make up also. Dale Earnhardt is a leader here as we approach 200 laps, a halfway point here very shortly in the first Union 400 this afternoon. Earnhardt's having everything his way right now. Rusty Wallace dominated the first few laps of this race, and then he went way back in the field, went a lap down. He's having to play catch up a little bit also. As they get around here now, Dick Trickle is currently in the number two position. We talked to Trickle a couple of weeks ago about being comfortable running with the big boys of NASCAR. Well, yeah, I, you know, 30 years in the business, and... Uh like Dale and, and Earnhardt and, you know, Bobby Allison, the whole the whole group, they come up and run with us quite often, on the, you know, during the, the summer. And, you know, I'm used to driving with them. Uh, they drive with me, and they're familiar with me. I, it ain't like we don't know each other. And uh, uh, it's pretty hard to intimidate a man that's got 30 years' experience. And I have been, you know, all the way from the, the slowest quarter mile to the fastest uh, Daytona. And... And it isn't like it's brand new to me. It's just that I don't do it every day. Trickle's been around a long, long time. It would be a toss-up between he and Red Farmer, I guess. They have a friendly battle and argument going. Red has something like 708 career wins. And everybody always says it's either Dick Trickle or Red Farmer with the most wins, feature wins, on the short tracks and the super speedways of the United States. Harold Kinder leans over the flag stand, shows the halfway cross flags to Dale Earnhardt, who continues to lead this event here. He's got an eight-and-a-half-second lead, for instance, over Alan Kowicki. That's fourth place. So that tells you exactly how well Earnhardt still gets around the racetrack. Pit stops on lap number 201 for Kenny Schrader. He's in for service. Let's go to the pits. Well, I'm not for sure what the, what the problem was with it. He was slipping back a little bit. He, he's got the pressure. 
<laughs> he'd been racing with a couple other cars, and then he lost them and started falling back. So we're going to check find out what happened. They changed a couple of tires on the Schrader uh, Folgers coffee machine, dropped the jack, and sent him back out of the racetrack. I tell you what, boy, they have really been struggling lately to get something going there. And Kenny is really, really, well, I won't say down, but they're just trying different things to get things going on that team. But it's not been really that good for them the first six races this year. You can vividly see what the tire changes have meant here. Jeff Bodine now moving so quickly after picking up the new rubber just moments ago. Let's go back to pit road. We're in the Waddell Wilson pit. Waddell, you brought Jeff in for two tires. What more? The car was blowing down, and we thought we had a flat tire, but we did. But anyway, we changed the ride, so now the car is back to speed anyway. That's Waddell Wilson, Jeff Bodine's crew chief on that last pit stop. How does Jeff Bodine assess his season so far? Well, I, I really think we're uh, we're in the A. We're on the first honor roll. We're, we've been consistent. Uh, sure, we've had our, our problems. Uh, you know, I can go back to Atlanta towards the end of that race, running in third spot. Looked like we had at least a, a third, maybe second, maybe even a win, and our ratchet uh, messed up towards the end of that race, and I got sideways and, and got run into, and... It, uh, it put us up in a wall. Fortunately, it was close to the end, and we still salvaged a, a decent finish. Those are the thoughts of Jeff Bodine running well here so far this afternoon. We are at North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina. MRN with live coverage of the First Union 400. 205 laps are complete, and everybody is chasing a very dominant Dale Earnhardt. We are at the North Wilkesboro Speedway here in North Carolina with 285 laps on the board. I'm Eli Gold with Barney Hall. Joe Moore is in the turn for us today. Dick Brooks and Jim Phillips on pit road. Our engineers are Harry Howard and Clay Stalk. As we continue under caution, this is the fifth caution of the afternoon. Came out in lap 270 involving Brett Bodine, Michael Waltrip, Greg Sachs, Rick Wilson was involved, Lake Speed. Uh, Jeff Bodine got a piece of it, Rick Mast as well. And Mast now coming back yet again to the attention of Travis Carter and the crew. That's been uh, probably the fourth or fifth stop they have made here in the last handful of laps as we continue under caution. Only 110 laps remaining, and that goes by in a breeze here at North Wilkesboro. Well, there's going to be a lot more beating and banging before the day is over. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. They're continuing to work on the right side of Rick Mast's car, the right front of it. Also, Davey Allison was involved in that, and Tony Price and the crew were trying to get that toe in on. Davey Allison's car adjusted back out that eighth of an inch. They turned the right front wheel out an eighth of an inch on these cars, and I think they've got to adjust it back. Uh, will be one to go when they get back to the start-finish line, we understand, from the NASCAR officials. Harold Kinder gives the signal now to the field, and they'll line up behind Elmo Langley in the Pontiac safety car. Don't forget, you can enter the Daytona 500 Dream Vacation, part of the Goodies Race for the Money contest. Here in 1989, a chance to win tickets to the 1990 Daytona 500, the Goodies 300, an escorted tour of the garage area, accommodations for two people for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn and Daytona Beach Shores, and $1,500 in spending money. Also, eight racing holiday of the month prizes to be given away during the season with two tickets to a Winston Cup race and $500 in cash to enter just sent the front panel from any size package of Goodies Headache Powders or write the name Goodies Headache Powders on a piece of paper and send it with your name address, telephone number, and the call letters of your local MRN station. Send that on into Goody's Race for the Money, Post Office Box 500, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32015. 
Green flag is out. This may get interesting. Again, Earnhardt gets a good jump on the restart. Pulls away from Dick Trickle, the second-place car, and sandwiched in between first and second right now is Ricky Rudd. He is a lap down trying to get it back. They're up the back stretch. And Trickle's trying to get around Ricky Rudd. Almost got a shot at him coming off turn number two, but had to fall back into single file. Still, it's Earnhardt leading the parade. Then the lap car of Rudd in the second-place car of Dick Trickle. A little bit further back, Alan Kulwicki and Terry Labonte in their own private battle for fourth position on back. Darrell Waltrip is also there. As the Trickle spins out in the middle of turns one and two. Dick Trickle got tapped a little bit. He and Jeff Bodine and Bill Elliott running real close. He loops the car around. Everybody gets it in a straight line now, and we could. Nope, caution is coming onto the racetrack. Could be some debris over there, some contact between two or three automobiles, but Trickle was the initial car that spun it over in turns one and two. It puts us under caution for the sixth time as they only get a couple of laps before we go right back to yellow. Let's go up to Joe Moore. Looks like uh, the problem uh, as far as the long delay, Barney, uh, in that last caution was all the, the uh, liquid that was spilled on the racetrack, a lot of oil, a lot of gasoline and water that was spilled on the racetrack in that last caution. They used, I counted, 10 bags of uh, Speedy Dry they dropped down here and had to do a lot of extra work because this is right at the entrance of Pitt Road. So that's the reason for the long delay there. Now, Trickle looks like he's recovered from this most recent spin that he had up in turn number two. He was trapped in there behind some traffic and trying to track down the race leader. He got a little bit of a tap there. He spun around, kept the car off the outside retaining wall, and again, it doesn't look like there's any damage on Trickle's cars. He still maintains his spot on the field. And diving onto pit road, Jeff Bodine, as he'll make a stop. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Have a little bit of sheet metal damage on the back. They're trying to jerk that away. Joey Knuckles around that right side of the right rear. Jeff Chandler on the right front. That Jackman Walter Smith is they're checking the rear of the car to see if there's no damage to the fuel cell. There is not. They're changing all four tires on the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. So the Levi Garrett Chevrolet crew is done. The jack is down, and they're away. There's some debris being picked up on the front straightaway as well by the NASCAR officials. So we are under caution. Dick Trickle and Jeff Bodine had pitted. Trickle still being serviced. He'll get new four tires all the way around from Jimmy Fennick and the crew. And should be looks as though it'll be a very quick caution flag, Barney. Well, let's take a quick minute to talk to Daryl. They tested out at Talladega, and you were out there the other week, uh, or last week, rather, when they were doing a little testing with a new Lumina. I asked Daryl how things go. Yeah, we had two good days down there, and uh, we're real happy with the Lumina. It just... It did everything it was supposed to. A uh, very predictable car, Jeff. And Dale and I run 20 laps of drafting side by side and uh, just seeing if we could mess each other up. And uh, the cars were real comfortable. But at 188 mile an hour, they're supposed to be comfortable. Uh, with the new restrictor plate and uh, uh, the decrease in speed, the car felt really good. He's pretty happy with it. He was. I'll tell you, I did spend uh, most of Wednesday out there, and the drivers were pleased, the crew chiefs were pleased. And as uh, Darrell said, 188 was the high side of the testing speeds. They were more in the 185, 186, 187 range, but the cars were very, very stable. And like he said, they really did try to upset the air around one another just to find out in a learning experience what the cars would do, and those babies just stayed blue to the racetrack. The Lumen is going to be a hot car. We may see some upset air here very shortly. We're back under green, and again, Dale Earnhardt takes off. He gets a good jump on the restart. Ricky Rudd hangs with him again. Rusty Wallace is pulled back up there. He's a factor all of a sudden now. He has really knocked off some cars trying to get himself back in running order and have a shot to win this race as they come out of turn number three. Earnhardt ahead by a couple of car lengths. Here they come back to the line. Boy, he is strong off that corner as he runs back into turn number one. One car that's extremely strong is the car of Terry Labonte. He started uh, on that restart in the third position. He's picked up the spot now from Darrell Waltrip, made his move inside Darrell, and has picked up about four car lengths on Waltrip. Behind Waltrip, next in line, the Alan Kowicki car. He's running in the fourth position. And further back, Dick Trickle battling with Mark Martin for the fifth spot. 
And let's not forget Rusty Wallace. He's still within shouting distance of getting back the lap. He is down. He's looking inside and outside of Ricky Rudd, who's also trying to get a lap back from Dale Earnhardt. That's a threesome going towards turn number three. Up front, the race leader, Dale Earnhardt, then the Ricky Rudd car, then Rusty Wallace, all battling among themselves off turn four. It's unusual to see the best battle on the racetrack. The leader trying to hold off two lap cars, but that's exactly what's going on here at North Wilkesboro right now. Ricky Rudd and Rusty Wallace are a lap down running about as strong as the leaders they head back to three trouble off turn number three almost some action there that is turn number two alan kowicki was trying to get down to the inside of darrell waltrip waltrip got his car cocked almost sideways gathered control but he didn't lose a spot to kowicki that was a heck of a piece of driving there as darrell managed to save that automobile and he is now back in line no chance at this point though to close in on alan kowicki as kowicki kept the momentum up and leads darrell waltrip uphill on the back straightaway by some five car lanes we have just gone inside of 300 laps now so the nascar tire rule is in effect whatever brand of tires are on the cars at this point are the ones they have to stay with they can change tires but not brands from this point forward the leaders are on the back stretch it's earnhardt leading the way again ricky rudd is behind him then the lapped car of rusty wallace back about five car lengths for the second place machine that's terry labonte then it's it's Alan Kowicki next in line, Darrell Walter for the fifth place battle. Down to the inside, the lap car, Morgan Shepard, Dick Trickle, and Mark Martin are there. They've been at it for the last three or four circuits around this racetrack. Mark Martin's run good, solid, steady laps all day long. Dick Trickle, of course, has been right up at the front of the pack, but for the moment, that battle breaks up as they work over to turn number three. We'll be back in a minute. At North Wilkesboro Speedway, caution for the seventh time this afternoon on lap number 305. One to go on the field. We'll be back to green. Let's update you on pit stops quickly. Jim Phillips. Bill Elliott got four tires. So did Terry Labonte. Darrell Waltrip got four. Mark Mark four tires. Davey Allison got four tires. Sterling Marlin came in. He has the ignition problem. The car is backfiring. And also Rick Bass has the same type problem. Dick Brooks. Well, the car Blake speeds in. He's uh, they're trying to put some fuel in it. It's all patched up and taped up. He's back down and away. Hut Strickland's still interchanging four tires on his car. Uh, Harry Gans' car's in down and uh, changing four tires on his car. He's about ready to go. And Dave Marcus also made a stop and changed a couple of tires. He'll join up at the tail end of the field. We're set to go back to green here at North Wilkesboro in the final 80 laps or so of the first Union 400. Pace car about to pull in behind the pit wall. Again, they'll chase Dale Earnhardt. A couple of lap cars directly behind him right now as they get ready to go at it one more time. They whip down to the inside. Harold Kinder displays the green. And this time, Earnhardt does not get the jump he has every time before. And Ricky Rudd will race him off into the corner trying to get back on the lead lap. They'll go door to door off turn two. Ricky Rudd had the inside line on the restart. And this time at top speed looks just like the last lap when they came around under caution. Rudd on the inside of the racetrack. Earnhardt on the outside. There's some contact made in turn number four. They're still dead even. This is the opportunity Ricky Rudd wanted. Rusty Wallace is also close by, but he's not in a position to get a lap back. And now Dale Earnhardt trying to outpower Rudd off the high side of the racetrack in two. Earnhardt takes it wide, but Rudd brings it back down on the low side of the racetrack. Right behind him sits Jeff Bodine, then the Rusty Wallace car, and Alan Kowicki next in line. They come off the corner again, door to door. If you're going to do anything with Earnhardt, you've got to keep that inside groove on him, and you've got to drive that car right down as deep as you dare in that corner. That's exactly what Ricky does. He gets tapped a little bit behind trouble in turn two. Dick Trickles car kicked out he now just does touch bill elliott dave marcus also makes some contact trickles car just broke loose and he went up the banking here come the cars here comes the caution ricky rudd will not get his lap back dale earnhardt remains the race leader and ricky rudd stays a lap down Dick Trickle's car just kicked out on him between turns one and two. I thought Bill Elliott was about to collect himself a souvenir up there, Barney, but somehow that car of his managed to sneak on by. But here comes Elliott now to the attention of the brothers for service, and there is some smoke.
smoke from that car, Jim Phillips. Oh, the left front tire is turned out completely on the tire. It's down, and he's got a lot of damage to the left front spindle. Also, the tire rods looks like they're bent out, too, so we'll check it out further for you. So Elliott gets a piece of the action over there. A great move by Dave Marcus to keep from slamming into Dick Trickle, who had spun and stopped over in the corner. Marcus went all the way out against the wall. He'll be a candidate for the coolest move of the race award here a little bit later this afternoon. We're under caution. This one is the eighth one of the day, and it again happens over in turn two. That's been a tricky spot. It really has, and caution is on the speedway again. Ricky Rudd did not get his lap back. Here comes Dick Trickle to the attention of Jimmy Fennigan, the crew. It seems to be a routine stop for fresh tires after that spin up in the corner. Tires been so much the story here. I bet you there's not been an article with the Dateline North Wilkesboro this week that has not had the word tires in it time and time again because of Goodyear with the radials and Hoosier with the bias ply tires. He just mentioned Dave Marcus. He has tested more with radial tires on the IROC series and for Winston Cup as well than any other driver. And he had some, some thoughts about what the radials would likely do here this weekend. Oh, I really don't know. Uh, the radio is much more consistent. Uh, here at Wilkesboro, I made some 50-lap runs. I came in at the end of some of the runs running 20.40 uh, on bias fly tires. The race last fall was from 20.80 to 21.20. So the radio is more consistent. Those are the thoughts of Dave Marcus, who is still running here this afternoon at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Next weekend, the All-American Challenge Series of NASCAR with a double header. Friday night, they'll be at the Anderson Speedway in South Carolina. Saturday at the Lanier Raceway in Gainesville, Georgia. Dave Mater III is the point leader. Also on the Armor NASCAR scoreboard, we'll update you on the Charlotte Daytona Dash Series. They're scheduled for next Saturday at the Florence I-95 Speedway in Florence, South Carolina. Gary Finley, who won at Daytona in February, is the points leader for the Charlotte Daytona Dash Series. Nice car behind a pit wall. We're set to go back to green. Earnhardt's the leader. Alan Kulwicki rides second. Terry Labonte is third. Fourth right now, Darrell Walker. Fifth is Mark Martin. And sixth is Dick Trickle. They take it back into turn number one. Again, the two lap cars are up there trying to get back on the lap with the leader, Dale Earnhardt, as they work off turn two. Earnhardt does a good job in shaking Ricky Rudd, but Rudd's got his hands full with Rusty Wallace. He works to the outside of Rudd up in turn number three. They make a bit of contact. Wallace's car breaks loose, but he gathers control. Here's Rudd again down at the inside. I think the only reason Rusty Wallace's car broke loose is he's got such power going off the corners. That, uh, it's, it's tough to keep a handle on it all. He's running so very well, but he's still, with Earnhardt Joe getting a great jump on the restart. They can't chase him down. Getting off the corner every time it looks like Wallace's car is breaking loose. This time he drifts way up the banking. Wasn't able to gather control and Dick Trickle breaks loose in turn three. He almost lost it but gathered control as well. Rusty Wallace loses a lot of ground to the leader in the hopes of getting that lap back at least in the next few circuits around this racetrack. He's got to play catch up now. He's more than a half a lap behind the leader Dale Earnhardt. He's back in three. Earnhardt's back in turn number three. He's next in line as a Ricky Rudd car then Jeff Bodine. The second place car now of Alan Kowicki then Terry Labonte then Darrell Walter as he hits for the start finish line. Dale Earnhardt is the race leader. He also leads the True Value Hard Charger balloting over Darrell Waltrip, Jeff Bodine, Dick Trickle, and Alan Kulwicki at this point. Let's check in on Pit Road. And we're caught up to Starling Marlin. Starling, what's going about the, behind the wall? I think the distributor's one out or broke the cam shape. Well, we're going to put the distributor in it and see what we go. The, you know, Snow Call was running real good. We was on the Hoosiers. That got us laps down, but we was pretty fast. Don't good here. Stash leader, so we'll get them next time. What happened up in turn three over there? I got a butter brick going in and Evidently, he didn't know I was a putter, and he hit, and you know, I tried to do my best to stay off of him. And, you know, it's, I guess it's my fault, but it was his. Just turned him around. I hate to pull big cars. 
Sterling Marlin is behind the wall. They're going to try to get back in the race. Bill Elliott's crew is going to have to replace the complete lower control arm on the front suspension, so it's going to be a while for Bill Elliott. So Elliott is sitting down at the end of pit road behind the pit wall as they continue to work on his car. And North Wilkesboro has been what trouble up in turn, turn number three. three. Rusty Wallace's car broke loose. He made contact with Darrell Waltrip. Darrell spun his car twice, refired it, and kept right up. Didn't even lose any ground. Wallace is down at the inside of the racetrack. Again, he made contact with Darrell Waltrip. Now Wallace fires his car, and he's headed on down the front stretch. And we'll remain caution-free. The NASCAR officials looked it over. Everybody got by, kept in a straight line. So the caution does not come out as they'll keep right on again. In fact, Waltrip right now is really driving the devil out of the car, so to speak. He's working his way right back up through traffic, heading to the front of the pack as Earnhardt heads up the three, the leader. Earnhardt goes to the outside of the racetrack to get around the Rick Mast car. He's down to the low side. Gives Earnhardt plenty of racing room to go wide off turn four. Now the question is, what did that spin do to flat-spotting Darrell Waltrip's tires? And for that matter, Rusty Wallace's. Wallace is somewhat off the pace on the back straightaway and has a long way to go to catch up either with the tail end of the field. And Darrell Waltrip's car is still seemingly running well at this point, but you never do any kind of good, Barney, when you spin a car. That one thing's for sure. Well, it, it won't help him any, that's for sure. But the way he's been running, if this thing stays anywhere near like it is and they should have another caution where he can get back up there, he wouldn't be in that bad of shape. A little smoke out of Rick Mast's car as he goes off into turn number one. He's just back out there putting in as many laps as he can. He's spent a lot of time on pit road here today, and now it may be all over as the smoke gets a little worse over in turns three and four. And the motor sounds pretty sour, too, as he comes by our position. We're also seeing quite a bit of smoke out of the Dave Marcus car. He's staying out of the racetrack, the Lifebuoy soap machine going into the corner. The tire seems to be rubbing one of the fenders, and the car's really kicking out up here in turns three and four. Okay, we've got a situation shaping up very reminiscent of what we saw at North Wilkesboro last year between Dale Earnhardt and Ricky Rudd. Not a whole lot of love lost between these two drivers. They made a lot of contact up here last year, and this time Ricky is a lap down, trying to get back on the lead lap. He's just as quick as Earnhardt is as he chases him again to turn three. He really keeps the pressure on him, going back into turn number three. Rudd is right behind him, trying to find out where his car will handle the best. He's trying a little bit different line coming off the corner, getting a lower bite off turn number four here. So far, that has not worked, and again, he follows Dale Earnhardt. In turns one and two, Rudd's able to get a little bit lower on the racetrack, coming off the corner. That's where he drops down low, tries to even with Earnhardt, but Earnhardt just has that horsepower. At the end of the straightaway, he holds him off once again. And Barney, those of you who are fans of Sterling Marlin, let's update you. It was a camshaft problem on the car, so he is not going to be able to uh, cure the problem by replacing the distributor. He is gone for the day. We'll be back at North Wilkesboro in a moment. Here in North Wilkesboro, a lot of smoke from Larry Pearson's car in turn four. He's coming into the pits. A lot of smoke bellows out of the machine. And now two cars come together. Hunt Strickland and Ben Hess make contact. Hess almost lost control of his car and straightened it out. A lot of smoke out of the Larry Pearson car. He brings it on to pit road and caution is coming out of the speedway. Pearson could have dropped something on the racetrack up there, so it's put us under caution. This will be the ninth one of the afternoon, and it could be the break that Darrell Waltrip is looking for also when he lost all that time here a moment ago. Now the question becomes, is everybody going to dive on the pit road and bolt on four new tires, or are they going to stay out there? Because we've got a little less than 60 laps to go in this one here this afternoon. And you talk about big breaks. Ricky Rudd managed to get around Dale Earnhardt, so Rudd is going to come all the way back around, and he will be able to rejoin the race leaders. He'll be the seventh man on the lead lap, and here come some of the top cars in for service. Dick Trickle, who took tires on before, will stay on the racetrack. He will inherit the lead. Let's cover these pit stops first to Jim Phillips. Right side tires for Dale Earnhardt. I'm sure it's going to be a four-tire stop for this team. Also, Jeff Bodine is in the pits with the Levi Gary Chevrolet. 
changing all four tires. And like you said, it could be a break for Darrell Waltrip as he spotted his car and get those tires off and get some new ones on. But his pit crew is standing on the wall. No activity, but Earnhardt is getting fast service from his crew. Also, Terry Labonte, who's had a good run today, is taking on four tires and gasoline. And Mark Martin has four tires and gasoline also. And a tire gets run over on pit road and knocked all the way down to the end of the pits. It slammed into the inside concrete wall and is now rolling out in the racetrack. Things really get frantic in the pits. Wallace is down and away. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, there's nobody really pitted down here yet except Dave Marcus. He just went away. Greg Sachs is sitting in the pits. They're working on his car. And now Lake Speak comes in with his crippled piece again. I, uh, I'm standing here in, in Larry Pearson's uh, pits, and David Pearson just walked up. David, what happened to Larry's car? I think he lost a cylinder there, Dick. Well, I tell you, just, you guys are having trouble keeping it all together, right? We've had trouble all day long with something. Okay. I tell you, they, they kind of rejected down here. That's... Uh, they uh, get the thing to run all day and then have a problem with uh, running into something, and then they run into something or don't run into something, and they can't run all day. They've had a couple of good runs this year. He's been up front a couple of times and run in the top four or five and had things happen to them, and then there have been other races that they've really had a miserable day. They've blown a couple of engines, and apparently they've popped one here this afternoon. Uh, Barty, we've caught up with Rick Mast, who parked his Chevrolet. Rick, put, put you in the garage area. Well, Jim, we uh, we started out on the wrong tire, and we were going to change to the other tire on uh, the first caution, but, you know, the first caution never came, and I got down to, uh, two laps there before I could get the tires on it. Then we lost two under green change, and once I got the tires on it, I never lost any more laps, and we kept adjusting the chassis. And the Banquet Foods car got really good. You know, we were we were good the last second half of the race, but we are just down so many laps in. Finally, when they had that melee up in four, uh, somebody running the back of me, and I running the back of Jeff, and that closed my grill off, and the car started running hot before we get the grill opened up. I think it finally broke, a, or it burned a head gasket, but, you know, if we had another 500 laps, the Banquet Foods car would have been out front, I believe. That's Rick Mass. He's out of here this afternoon. The race leader is Dick Trickle with Darrell Waltrip and then Ricky Rudd next in line. Again, some of the lead teams elected to make pit stops. Others like Trickle and Waltrip and uh, Ricky Rudd staying where they are on the racetrack. Lap 340 being posted at this moment. 60 remain. You know, Dave Marcus did not run last weekend at Bristol. He's back in the field this weekend. Everybody's been talking, obviously, about Richard Petty missing three out of the last four races. Dave Marcus hadn't missed a race since Ontario, California years ago before missing last weekend at Bristol. He said he learned a lot, even as much of a veteran as he is. He learned a lot by just watching that race last weekend and seeing some of the mistakes that others made. Not really, Barney. It's it's hard to believe that some of the things that I've seen, I guess, by standing around during the day and watching, uh, I really couldn't believe a few things that I've seen uh, that does go on, and uh, it, it's, it amazed me, really. Thoughts of Dave Marcus. Don't forget next weekend, Martinsville Speedway in Virginia, the Winston Cup cars in the Panel 500, and the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour in the Raven Boats 150 Saturday afternoon. Bush Bowl qualifying takes place on Friday. Hope you can be at Clay Earl's Martinsville Speedway next weekend. Two weeks from today, the Bush Grand National Series up to Pennsylvania International Raceway in Nazareth, PA, for the GM Parts 300. That is Sunday, April the 30th, and the IROC Series will also be there. May the 7th, the Winston 500 at Talladega. May 21st, the Winston at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and May 28th, the World 600 at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. That's what's upcoming on the Winston Cup Series, and the ticket offices are open right now, and certainly all the business days leading up to their events. Back under green. Let's see if we can conclude this one under green. Dick Trickle is leader as he races off into turn number one. Darrell Walter for second. Rusty Wallace is down one of the lap cars along with Jeff Bodine trying to get around the leader in the backstretch. Trickle gets trapped on the outside line there and Jeff Bodine's able to get by.
by. He quickly comes down to the inside to hold off Rusty Wallace. E2 is trying to make a move around him. Trickle breaks loose off the corner. There goes Wallace. Rusty makes a move to the inside. Dale Earnhardt trying to follow suit. Earnhardt's going after the lead. He moves inside of Dick Trickle in the battle in turn two. Earnhardt takes the low side of the racetrack again. Trickle's car breaks loose coming off the corner. There's also problems on Ricky Rudd's car. He loses three or four spots back into the corner. Up front, it's Dale Earnhardt leading the way off turn four. Ricky got way out of shape down in one and two. The car is really kicking out on him as he comes out of the corner. Any chance he had to get right back up there now, he's got to pass at least eight to ten cars to get anywhere near the front of the pack. The leader is Earnhardt as he works back to turn number three. And he's got two cars right in front of him. Jeff Bodine, then the Rusty Wallace car. Trickle is next in line. He runs in the second spot, then Alan Gowicki in third. Ricky Rudd has settled back in line, but he's about 15th in line. Back behind the race leader, Dale Earnhardt. Dick Trickle has his hands full with Alan Kulwicki, who makes a move to the inside on the back straightaway. Kulwicki's definitely putting the pressure on coming off the corner, trying to get a spot underneath Dick Trickle. Trickle, though, slams the door down on the inside of the racetrack, holds Kulwicki at bay for now. A good battle back there for fourth position. Terry Levani moves up a notch, trying to get underneath Darrell Waltrip. He'll do it. Now Waltrip's got his hands full with Mark Martin. They race door to door through turns one and two and up the back chute. That's a battle for the fourth position. Mark Martin's going to win it, too. Coming off turn number two, he took the inside line and picked up the spot. Still up front. Earnhardt trying to get around Rusty Wallace. Let's check in with the Ricky Red Pit, see whether that problem in turn two is a lasting one, Jim Phillips. Well, Larry Reynolds and the crew are checking it over. Larry, have you got a problem? Have you got a problem? Now, him and Kawinki got together over there a while ago. Did it hurt the suspension any? We don't think so. Just knocked him out of tune there for about two or three laps. He's back okay now. That's Larry Gretel's Ricky Rudd's crew chief. Dick Trickle just gets knocked back a notch as Alan Kowicki gets underneath him and now sets his sights on the leader, Dale Earnhardt, up the backstretch. Making a five-car separation between the leader and the second-place car of Alan Kowicki. The leader being Earnhardt, he can't really go ahead that much. He's got two cars directly in front of him. Rusty Wallace and Jeff Bodine are there. Well, Rusty Wallace and Bodine both on the tail end of the lead lap now, and Rusty's going to try and dispose of Bodine if he can, but Earnhardt's right behind. Those three cars nose the tail on the back straightaway. A busy places they head for turn number three again up front leading the way is Bodine Wallace tries to go down on the inside and pick up a spot he's not able to do it so again it's single file off turn four I think everyone came into the race here at North Wilkesboro thinking we might not see the fender bending uh, framming and bamming as Dale Earnhardt coined the phrase some years ago after the race we saw at Bristol last weekend but boy that went out the window in a hurry within five or six laps here this afternoon they were getting right back to the same kind of program here we go again out of turn number four Earnhardt trying to get underneath Rusty Wallace some of the best racing early this afternoon but between these two and Rusty was trying to get a lap back. This time they go door to door into turn number one. Oh, trouble on the front straightaway. Ben Hess's car breaks loose here at the start finish line. It spins beneath the flag stand. The caution is on the speedway. Let's pick up the cars in turn four. Rusty Wallace goes on the outside of the racetrack. He was trying to catch up with Earnhardt. Earnhardt, though, got by. So again, he puts Rusty Wallace down a lap. Caution is on the speedway. It'll be the 10th one this afternoon here as, again, Ben Hess spun the car coming down the front straightaway, eased into the outside wall, and this may be a break for some of the drivers again that we're getting left back in the pack. We'll be right back to North Wilkesboro. We're back racing here at North Wilkesboro Speedway in North Carolina. It didn't take long for Rusty Wallace on the restart to pull away from Dale Earnhardt and Alan Kulwicki. So Wallace is back on the tail end of the lead lap as we go back to racing 45 laps from the race's conclusion. But second on back is still a good scramble, Joe. Alan Kulwicki is there, followed by the Terry Labonte car, then Mark Martin next in line, two of the lap cars, then it's Darrell Walter. 
Terry Labonte's hung in there all day long. He's still got a shot to win this thing. He isn't that far back. Currently rides at the number three position. Mark Martin has picked his way back up to fourth. Wallace is back on the lead lap. He's on the tail end of the lead lap now, directly ahead of Dale Earnhardt. Kowicki also has had his share of Framman and Bamman here this afternoon and has been able to survive, along with Terry Labonte and Mark Martin, Dick Trickle. Uh, on pit road a moment ago is now finds himself way back in traffic. He's going to have to thread his way back up toward the front of the pack. He's locked in there with Ernie Irvin right now and a couple of other cars, including Kenny Schrader. Darrell Waltrip is directly ahead of that pack as they work back to three. Leaders will go single file. Back to turns three and four. Rusty Wallace again with about a five-car length lead on the top car of Dale Earnhardt. Behind Earnhardt then is Alan Kowicki. Next in line is Terry Labonte, then Mark Martin. They'll all go single file this time, working off turn number two. Wallace's car seems to be hooked up a whole lot better now. He's really keeping a large margin ahead of the Earnhardt car. So once again, they exit turn four. Jeff Bodine's car also there, showing up into the fifth position. Sixth now is Ricky Rudd. Seventh becomes Dick Trickle as both Rudd and Trickle move by to the inside of Darrell Waltrip. Also for you Bill Elliott fans, he is back on the racetrack after those suspension problems that put him behind the wall for some 25 laps. Bill Elliott back out there running to pick up Winston Cup points. 200, excuse me, 360 laps on the board. 40 remain. The race lead is held by Earnhardt, but he has Alan Kulwicki within a car length of him off turn two. Kulwicki's reeling him in as they come off turn two and hit the back straightaway. About two car lengths separate those two. Also quite a good battle for the third spot. Terry Labonte has got his hands full trying to hold off Mark Martin. Martin's right off this bumper off turn four. Give an idea how strong Rusty Wallace is. Once he got around Dale Earnhardt, he's already pulled away by 1.4 seconds. Now he is on the tail end of the lead lap. If we get another caution here, Wallace's luck will continue again, and he'll certainly be a factor to win this race. Earnhardt is the leader as the laps wind down in the first Union 400. Beautiful weather. Most of the clouds have dissipated early this afternoon. Temperature has been up in the 70s, and every seat in the house sold out before race time today. They're watching Dale Earnhardt try to hold off Alan Kowicki with less than a second behind. Good battle for third right now. Mark Martin trying to sneak around the outside of Terry Labonte to take the position away. Labonte's going to hold him off, though, going into turn number three. He's got the power going in. Here's Martin trying to stick it in on the outside of the racetrack. He'll pull even again off turn four. There's a dandy of a battle as they come back off the corner here to the stripe. Ricky Rudd keeping Dick Trickle at bay. Nine cars are on the lead lap, and now it's Labonte who'll make a move inside of Mark Martin on the back straightaway again up to turn three. Side by side going into turn number three. Now Martin's able to get out in front. He drops down on the inside lane trying to close off that passageway, and it's going to work for him, so he holds on to third. Mark Martin's team just continues to look stronger and better every week, and they're very much due to get into victory lane before too much longer. Earnhardt is the leader. Kulwicki keeps him in sight, waking, waiting for Dale maybe to make a slip here in the latter stages of the first Union 400. They're out of turn number four. They have now opened up almost a little better than a half a straightaway on second, third, fourth, and fifth place as the battle for the lead is a tight one out of turn number two. Again, it'll be Kulwicki looking for a chance to make his move around Earnhardt, trying to see where Earnhardt maybe is not handling quite as well. But it's going to be hard to find that because he's handling well everywhere, as always. Back to the third-place battle again. It's Mark Martin holding off Terry Labonte, then Jeff Bodine, and a good sixth-place battle as Dick Trickle goes down to the inside of Ricky Rudd. That battle continues a good one side-by-side. Side. Trickle has the inside groove. Rudd being forced to the outside in turn number two. Trickle will win that battle. Rudd settling in behind him. And then Darrell Waltrip. There are nine cars on the lead lap. We've been detailing them for you here of the last handful of laps. There is nobody one lap down or two or three or four laps down. After ninth place, five laps down is the 10th place runner, Ernie Irvin. 11th is Davey Allison. And 12th is Rodney Combs. Six laps down and 13th, Kenny Schrader. 
14th is Ben Hess, and 15th is Neil Bonnet. As we work now with a handful of laps remaining here, they count down here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. The front two have pulled away by a comfortable margin with 30 laps to go up to turn three. Earnhardt has the lead still with about a two-car length advantage over Alan Kowicki. Kowicki following his tire tracks through the corner, really not trying to make any moves right now. Back to the third-place battle. Mark Martin is there. Terry Labonte has settled down. And back in fifth. Again, they're going side by side. They've been running that way for the last four or five laps around this racetrack. The advantage for the leader, Dale Earnhardt, over the third and fourth place cars is just a pinch over three seconds. Dale's back in turn three. Down on the inside of the racetrack, Dale holds it down low, still trying to hold off Alan Kowicki as he exit four. Lap 373 going up on the board as Dale Earnhardt leads Alan Kowicki back across the stripe field single file basically all the way back now the battles behind the front nine really everybody is spaced out around the racetrack enough there are no side-by-side -side battles from positions 10 on back but the front nine giving us enough to talk about here in the handful of laps that remain mark martin now beginning trouble off turn four ricky rudd goes down to the inside of jeff bodine goes into the side of him bodine goes sideways and does a great job of bringing the car back under control Rudd's car just broke loose, looked like, right off the corner and got into Jeff Bodine. Both drivers do a heck of a piece of wheeling to keep those things in a straight line. Laps are winding down here at North Wilkesboro. The leader, Dale Earnhardt, heading back to turn number one. He's opened up a couple of car lengths now on Alan Kowicki, the second-place car. Still a three-second advantage back to the third and fourth-place battle, although Mark Martin has broken free of Terry Labonte and Dick Trickle and pulls away even more over in turn three. They'll work down the back straightaway. Labonte now with some clear sailing except for Trickle and sneaking up on his rear deck. Further back, Jeff Bodine with a lot of damage to the left side of his car. Still up to speed, though. Davey Allison's lap car behind him. The next in line, Ricky Rudd. Lap 376 on the board now. 24 remain. Ricky Rudd took him a couple of laps to get back up to racing speed again after that get-together with Jeff Bodine. And Rudd now trails Bodine by three or four car lengths on the back straightaway. But still nothing changing among the race leader. Further back behind the leaders, Terry Labonte and Dick Trickle. Those cars tied tightly together. And now Trickle wants to go for a spot. He'll make a bid trying for fourth. But he's not going to be able to do it coming off the corner. The good bite is really gotten by Terry Labonte. He comes off turn number two, hits the back straightaway, goes back into three. Still it's Trickle. What following his tracks here off turn four. One of the best battles on the racetrack between Davey Allison and Jeff Bodine. They got together in the middle of the backstretch going into three. They get together again, trade a little sheet metal and paint as they came out of turn number four. They've been racing door to door. Ricky Rudd's been in the thick of that also. You know what I'm sitting here thinking? Next week we we'll go to Martinsville and they'll get at it all again. Talk about short track action. It'll be just as exciting over there. It's going to be super. And if you want to make your plans, call Clay Earls Martinsville Speedway. Their ticket office open right now and certainly all week leading up to the Raven Boats 150 for the Modifieds and the Panel 500 for the Winston Cup cars. Rudd and Bodine together again, this time with Rudd leading the way up to turn number three. Rudd gets the advantage this time in getting by Bodine. Now all of a sudden another car comes into this battle. Darrell Waltrip sneaks up on the rear deck of Jeff Bodine. He has him in sights, but he's still got three or four car lengths before he'll catch up with him. As the laps go down, Dale Earnhardt is the leader. Traffic might become a factor here in just a moment because there's still several laps to go. But he has pulled away from Alan Kowicki now by a full second. So, indeed, Earnhardt is getting a pretty good jump on the field. About 20 laps to go in the first Union 400. Dale's off turn number two and up the back stretch. Not a real tight battle for the lead right now. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Yeah. Laps wind down to 15 remaining. 15 to go here at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead the first Union 400. He's across the stripe now. Alan Kowicki, seven-tenths of a second behind. Let's check into the Earnhardt pitch. Are they confident of being able to hold off Kowicki here at the finish, Jim Phillips? Richard Childress, could you hold off that seven-car of uh, Alan Kowicki? 
Well, we do. we're just running. You know, it's hard to say. You know, a lot could happen these last few laps. He seems to be awful consistent, though. Yeah, the car's running pretty good right now. Richard Childress, 15 to go. They're in the lead. Well, they've learned a long time ago you don't count your chickens, as they say, before they hatch because he made a true statement. Anything can and usually does happen in this business. But Earnhardt right now, a very comfortable lead over Alan Kulwicki if you can call seven or eight car lengths a comfortable lead. Now Earnhardt is pulled in behind Rusty Wallace, who really dropped back after being right up there a moment ago trying to kind of battle his way back to the front. But he is on the tail end of the lead lap, and Earnhardt might just let him ride there for a while. They might decide to put him a lap down. Some of the best racing of the day has gone on between those two. Talk about hammer and tong racing. We've seen a lot of that between Dale Earnhardt and Rusty Wallace. We'll see some more of it next week. Earnhardt looked to the outside of Rusty Wallace coming off turn number four. Not the place to pass there, and he'll try and trail him again back into turn number two. Again, Wallace is on the tail end of the lead lap, so he is perfectly entitled to his spot on the racetrack as they're back to turn three. Wallace is holding Earnhardt up. It's allowing Alan Kowicki to track down the leader and make it closer and closer. Earnhardt knows he's going to have to get by the Kodiak machine. Kowicki is back there in second position right now within striking distance. The third place car is now Mark Martin. Back in fourth position is Dick Trickle. Fifth is Terry Labonte as they wind around this racetrack. Then Ricky Rudd will round out the top six as they head back to three. Wallace took it wide, coming off turn number two, allowed the inside lane to open up so Earnhardt and Kowicki get by. And with ten laps to go, it sets up a shootout between Earnhardt and Kowicki. They're separated by a couple of car lanes, and there are two, four, six cars ahead of the leaders that will be coming into play before these next ten laps wind down. Earnhardt heads back into turn number three. He has a two-car length advantage now over Alan Kowicki, and within about three more laps, he's going to be catching lap traffic. He'll be catching Rodney Combs, the first car, then Morgan Shepard and Hutt Strickland, the next couple of cars directly ahead. And Kowicki shuts it down to a couple of car lengths right now. They're out of turn two. Sneaking up on him is Kowicki as they come off turn two and back down the back straightaway. Rusty Wallace is still there. He's fallen back several car lengths now behind Kowicki. And Earnhardt is sneaking up on the Rodney Combs car. Dale Earnhardt never comes out and says any place owes him anything. But remember how well he ran here last year before a tire problem cropped up. And Terry Labonte took advantage of that and took the victory. Now in race traffic, Kowicki is to within a car length and a half. Closes in as Earnhardt has to take it wide in turn number three. He'll go to the outside of Rodney Combs. Combs holds it down low. Kulwicki tries to get the inside line on Earnhardt. Kulwicki drives it down to the bottom of the racetrack. He had a fender alongside. Rodney Combs gets out of the way, but Kulwicki has to tuck back in behind Dale. He may take a shot at him again in the backstretch. Bumper to bumper coming off turn number two. Now Kulwicki eyes the inside line. Earnhardt sees it as well, and he drops his car down on the inside to hold Kulwicki off yet again. There'll be six laps remaining. Alan Kulwicki has been battling Dale Earnhardt in the past for a win. Remember Pocono International? Raceway when those two had quite a battle to the finish a few races back a year ago. Here comes Kowicki again, trying to make a bit on the back straightaway for the lead. Makes a bit of contact there, hitting the rear quarter panel of Earnhardt's car, but Earnhardt stubbornly holds on to the spot, gluing his car right back down to the bottom of the racetrack. Kowicki doesn't give up. He sticks right in there. A little contact last lap around. Here he goes, diving down to the inside, going off into turn number one with five laps to go. Kowicki is there, and again, you see a little smoke fly off the sheet metal between those two cars. They're in the back stretch. Alan Kowicki finds his spot there at the inside of the racetrack, tries again to pull alongside Earnhardt. Earnhardt will not let it happen. He holds on to the top spot again. They're bumper to bumper, all four. Kowicki has only one win in Winston Cup racing at Phoenix in the Checker 500 late last season. This car is somewhat sideways.
ways. Kowicki has to try and save it. He goes up the banking in turn number two. Earnhardt gets away. Kowicki made the bid, and it came up empty that time as he's back to turn number three. He lost a half a straightaway now on Earnhardt as they cut back off turn number four. Earnhardt has two lap cars separating him from Alan Kowicki. you got to give the kid all the credit in the world. He hung it out. He went after it, and it just scooted on him going off into turn number one. It's going to cost him a chance to win here this afternoon, but he had no choice. He had to make it. That time around and a couple of circuits and it'll all be over. Earnhardt's back in three. Down to the inside of the racetrack. Next car in line for him to pass will be the Morgan Shepard car. Shepard's about three or four car lengths ahead of Earnhardt off turn four. Now all of a sudden, Kowicki has to contend with Mark Martin. Martin's Ford Thunderbird has caught Kowicki's Ford. They're going to battle hammer and tong for second spot as Earnhardt pulls away with the race lead. Less than two laps to go at North Wilkesboro. Kowicki hangs on to the second spot. Mark Martin still in the third position. They'll still take the inside line coming back into turn number three. Now Martin takes a little bit higher line but still can't pull up alongside Kowicki. Dale Earnhardt goes across the line, takes the white flag, one lap to go, but the battle they'll be watching for this one will be the battle for second. Outside, Mark Martin down to the inside. Alan Kowicki almost door to door in the back stretch. Side by side, headed for turn number three, but the power under the Kowicki hood is going to keep him out in front. So Alan Kowicki holds the spot. Now to the outside. Again goes Mark Martin. Earnhardt will win, but the battle for second spot. Give it to Kowicki as he just does outdistance Mark Martin at the stripe to take home second spot in the first Union 400 here at North Wilkesboro. Let's go down to the Earnhardt pit. Celebrations there, the name of the game, as the good wrench Chevrolet picks up the victory for Dale Earnhardt. Not since the second race at Bristol, Tennessee last year had Earnhardt been to victory lane in Winston Cup racing. We'll get all the comments as soon as we come back. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio. It's all over here at North Wilkesboro. Dale Earnhardt's in victory lane. We'll be going down there in a moment, but right now let's go down to Jim Phillips. Well, Alan Kowicki, you gave it everything you had this afternoon. Yeah, we did. I had problems with the brakes all day, and I ran out at the end. I used them so hard trying to get by Earnhardt that I just ran out at the end. I boiled the fluid. I didn't have any front brakes. I was just pumping the brakes like crazy trying to stop the car at the end. I was just hanging on there trying to, you know, beat Mark at the end. I gave it my best shot there with about four to go, and... I ran out of brakes, and that was it. We ran a good race, and it was a clean race between Dale and I, and I just wish I would have had some brakes left at the end. That's what caused the problems down in the last turn there. I didn't hear you. I said, that's what caused the problems down in turn one there. I didn't. A lot of guys were spinning. After the yellow, you know, we would lose our brakes a lot of times, and that's what happened. A good run today for Alan Kowicki. Tell you what, that boy didn't have anything to hang his head about this afternoon. He yeah. went for it all the way, and a car just got away from him down in turn number one. He still comes up in number two position. As a matter of fact, Barney and I have already talked it over in the Have a Tampa Philly Cigars Close But No Cigar Award. $200 to Alan Kulwicki, so our congratulations to him. A super run coming up just that little bit shy of a win. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Again, Dale Earnhardt is the winner. Kulwicki will finish second. Mark Martin third. Fourth goes to Dick Trickle. And fifth should be Terry Labonte. And sixth looks like Ricky Rudd. Let's check in with Jim Phillips again. We've caught up with Mark Martin. Mark, you were nowhere to be found most of the day. Then you came up there at the end and made a big run at it. Well, I hate it that we were nowhere to be found. You know, we were right there the whole day running fourth, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. You know, but I guess that doesn't count in this deal. Uh, the car was great. Uh, they had so many cautions there at the end it really hurt us i really feel like the strobes light thunderbird was the fastest car at the end of the race but heck we never did get to run now we would get our brains beat in for 20 or 30 40 laps after each caution and it really hurt us usually 
It works the other way around on us. We've been fast for 20 laps and then got our ba brains beat in. So maybe we're on to something, you know. How about the tires today? How do they feel the, after you got them on there? I thought the radials were awesome. That's Mark Martin. He finished third here this afternoon. Well, for the statements that have been made that radial tires will never work on the Winston Cup circuit, I think they'd certainly prove their point here today, and we'll get some more comments from people. Let, right now, let's check in with Dick Brooks. Well, we're standing on top of the deal. they got a little special uh, thing here. They don't have any place else. They bring the car onto a lift, and they lift it up on top of the building, which is the new uh, Winston Press uh, Media Center. And uh, they've just now brought it up this high and uh, got it leveled off. He started up and getting ready to drive it off on here. Uh, well, it worked. The lift got a little too high, but it's going to make it anyway. But, uh, kind of an exciting thing up here driving along top of the building. We'll be back with you just a minute. Let's go back down to Jim Phillips. And we've caught up with Dick Trickle. Dick, really had your work cut out for you today. Well, you know, we, we were quick as car at times, but... Uh, we had one set of tires on it. We run really faster than the field, so we thought we'd stay out on them. But over yellow, they hardened up, and, and uh, they slowed down. So we had to come at a later yellow towards the end there and pit again. And that was bad enough, but, uh, you know, you know, a little rubbing and banging ain't bad. But look at the back of the car. They hit me when they spun me out. I mean, there was no way I could control the car. They knocked me right around. And, you know, I don't know if uh, Elliot's brakes might have went out or something. But, I mean, it was no rubbing, a uh, little bump. It was a, a crash. And, you know, just lucky that we didn't. Didn't get run over by a mess of cars, so we're pretty happy with our fourth because we got to run from 10th to 4th to, to zero, and, you know, you know, I'm just real proud about the Miller High Life uh, Buick AC Delco team and car owners Tavola, you know, kind of gave me the chance to drive this car. That's Dick Trickle. He came home fourth here this afternoon. Let's go back to Dick Brooks and Victor Lane. Well, I got a happy crowd up here. Finally got everybody gathered around. I was going to talk to Richard Childers. That's, uh, they've had a kind of an up-and-down year, and we're going to see if they uh, had any money left up until today, but they, they uh, just about got her all put together now. I'll be back with you just in a minute. We'll take a break, and we'll go back to Victor Lane and get the thoughts of Dale Earnhardt. Right now from the North Wilkesboro Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Well, the afternoon was a good one here for Dale Earnhardt and the entire GM Goodwrench crew winning the first Union 400 at North Wilkesboro Speedway here in North Carolina. Let's go to Victory Lane. Dick Brooks is there. Well, I tell you, it is a happy crew up here. Dale, you got started off with a poor start this year in, in, uh, in February at Daytona, and, and uh, season's been up and down for you. And this is sure a wailing, banging uh, racetrack, as you I think you put it one time, but you pull this one off today. Well, it was a tough race. Uh, Dick, you know, I like to thank the good Lord and uh, the Good Ranch crew. They did a good job. Uh, Goodyear did a good job with these radials, and uh, everybody was really uh, questioning on what they were going to do before the, ra the race got on. Uh, but... Uh, the more I could run them, the better I liked them, and I could I could punish the tires pretty hard, and they'd still come back and run good. And you know, I like to say hi to Taylor and Nicole and everybody back home. And you know, we just did a good job. It's been a long time since we won a race, and uh, you know, we've been competitive, been close. It's just just been those little things that happened and put us out. And uh, you know, I knew these guys could win races with a Monte Carlo or Lumina. It doesn't make no difference. Everybody's been saying, well, once we get that Lumina, but these Monte Carlos have been running awful good, and. Uh, you know, that's what uh, won the race today. We've been close uh, several races this year with this car, and, uh, and we're just tickled to be here. We talked to Leo Mel before the race started about these radial tires, and I think they're pretty well uh, committed to go with them all the time anyway. And they say that the part of the reason is is the tires are more consistent. They're, uh, you don't have to change the stagger as much. You don't have to work on that. How would you find them today in a whole race? I didn't have a set of tires that were that much different. I had one set that seemed a little pushier, but... Uh, I was leading a race when I was like that, but uh, so the suffering, uh, the sacrifice I made for us pushing tires didn't hurt us. But uh, 
You know, I, I think the radio's a good tire at, at certain racetracks. I'd like to see them tested at all the tracks and uh, see where they would be, be the best. But, uh, you know, we're behind Goodyear all the way and trying to prove this thing out and uh, get, it, get it to work the best we can. Dale, I think they're talking from upstairs anyway, and I, I like to ask the same question. There's people that you can race with and you can bump and bang on a little bit or, or push and shove or, or just race with, and there's other people you can't hardly do that with. You and Rusty do some pretty good racing. You and Bodine have had some problems. Uh, it's all the same kind of stuff. How can you race with one person and beat and bang and, and have a good time, and then the other person, you, I don't know, your uh, tempers change a little bit? Well, I don't know. Uh, this race, we had a pretty good day all day. We raced with Bodine and Rucky Rudd and, uh, you know, Rusty and several people and had a pretty good day. Didn't have much trouble out of anybody. Uh, Rusty and I got to pushing and shoving on each other a little bit and wasn't any damage done. Uh, it looked like the last lap last year when him and Bodine were doing it, NASCAR sort of called us down on the radios. Uh, I didn't see anything wrong with it. We was having a pretty good time out there. Yeah, we did, too. We enjoyed it. Well, congratulations to you, and we'll, uh, we'll be pulling for you in the next one. Thank you, Dick. Let's check in one more time with Jim Phillips, who is patrolling the garage area. Jim? And we've caught up with Terry Labonte. He had a good run today, fifth place. Uh, Terry, it was one of those up-and-down races for you. Well, it was. We, we started out. The car was a little bit loose. Uh, we finally got it hooked up, got our lap back, and uh, then we got it a little too tight late in the race. We couldn't get it loosened back up. And, uh, you know, hey, we're, we're happy to finish fifth. I wish we'd have won the race, but uh, at least we finally finished one. After last week's at Bristol, uh, this was a good finish for you. Well, it really was. It's really glad. To, it's just good to finish one, and uh, uh, I think we can just go up from here. Good luck to you. Thank you. That's Terry Labonte. finished fifth here this afternoon. Let's vote on the Peak Cool Move of the Race Award. The MRN crew makes the votes and $500 on the line from Peak Antifreeze and Summer Coolant. Let's first go to Joe Moore for his thoughts. Eli, as usual, a lot of cool moves throughout the day this afternoon, but I guess the coolest happened here in front of me when uh, Greg Sachs made a real wide move and almost climbed the wall trying to get around the spinning car of Jim Sauter. So my nomination goes for Greg Sachs. All right, so Greg has a nomination. Dick Brooks. Well, the only thing that I really seen was right on the end, and I've, and I've been there and a lot of times myself, and when Alan Kowicki well, made the move to try to get around uh, uh, Earnhardt right toward the end, and, uh, and it slipped out from under him. He said he, he didn't have any front brakes, and so that certainly would add to the problem, and he saved the car. He ended up second, uh, and that was a, you know, he had to throw his timing off and everything else, so I think he handled it pretty well. So a nomination for Alan Kowicki, Jim Phillips. I'm going to go along with Darrell Waltrip, uh, that turn four spin up there. He had a lot of problems. He kept the car running, though. did not lose a lap when he could have. And he had an ill-running race car all day, but he was able to come overcome that uh, fourth-corner spin and still finish good here this afternoon. That's another good nomination. Barney, I'd already written down Greg Sachs before Joe had mentioned it also. I had a note here. Sachs missed Jim Sauter on the third caution back in turn four on the 160th lap. Uh, by all rights, she was headed right towards Sauter's car and managed to avoid him. So for that move, among others, I'll say Greg Sachs. All good nominations, but I'm going to da- nominate Dave Marcus. He made a move over there when Dick Trickle was sitting up in the middle of the racetrack. And Marcus, again, anytime you put your car in jeopardy in yourself rather than run into another driver, to me it's a cool move, and he did it. But two nominations for Greg Sachs, and he'll take home the $500 as the winner of the Peak Performance Cool Move of the Race Award. There are some other post-race awards that have been handed out. True Value Hard Charger Award, we've been keeping you abreast of that all day. The $1,500 for today's race going to Dale Earnhardt. The Van Camp's Determination Award, $2,000 to Mark Martin for his finish in third spot today. And unofficially, as best we tabulate it, the Heinz Ketchup Award going to Rodney Combs' entry, $15. 
$1,857. That's for the driver who improves most positions from where he started earlier in the afternoon. Take it down through the running order a little ways here. Earnhardt is the winner. Alan Kowicki will finish second. Mark Martin third. Fourth goes to Dick Trickle. Fifth to Terry Labonte. Sixth to Ricky Rudd. Seventh to Jeff Bodine. Eighth position to Darrell Waltrip. Rusty Wallace finishes ninth. Tenth to Ernie Irvin. A pretty good run for him again here today in the 11th spot. Looks like Davey Allison finishing 12th, as you said. Rodney Combs, Phil Parsons started that car, remember, but Combs got back into it, so he comes home with a 12th-place finish. Neil Bonnet finishes 13th, 14th to Kenny Schrader, 15th to Ben Hess, 16th to Hut Strickland, 17th to Morgan Shepard, 18th to Eddie Beerswall. Dale Jarrett finishes 19th, Dave Marcus 20th, 21st Greg Sachs, 22nd Bill Elliott, 23rd to Harry Gant, 24th to Larry Pearson, and rounding out the top 25, Rick Mast. A little bit further back, 26th belongs to Sterling Marlin. Lake Speed finishes 27th. Brett Bodine finishes 28th. We just get notification that he has won the Goodies Headache Award. $750 from the uh, folks at Goodies Manufacturing and $250 of a donation to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So Brett finishes 28th after having a super run going today. 29th was Michael Walchip. 30th was Rick Wilson. Jim Sauter finishes 31st, and the final car on the rundown today, Jimmy Means finishing 32nd after just 77 laps complete. Let's go back for one more update from the garage area, Jim Phillips. Well, we were trying to catch up with Ricky Rudd, the Quaker State Buick, who had a rough run today. It was a good run, but he had some rough uh, incidents out there. We couldn't catch up with it. So we appreciate Jim's efforts there and certainly Joel Moore in the corner today. Dick Brooks also joining Jim Phillips patrolling pit road and the garage area. Next weekend, MRN will be on the air at 12.15 Eastern Time at Martinsville Speedway in Virginia for the Panel 500. And, you know, Barney, you automatically think of Bristol as the, as the racetrack with the beating and banging. Then you think of uh, Wilkesboro. Uh, you wonder what's going to happen next weekend at Martinsville. Tell you what, there's apparently so much pressure on the teams right now to perform. It just becomes epidemic, as we've said many times. I know that gets repetitious, but it seems like one or two drivers start really getting with the program, and then all of a sudden you look from the front of the field to the back, and you see the same thing. I didn't think we'd see the kind of really not necessarily rough driving, but just really aggressive driving all day long here today after particularly the week we had at Bristol. But it looks like with the next short track coming up being Martinsville, that's the standard up there if you want to look in the cockpit and see what's going on. Well, you want to have a seat up there next weekend because it ought to be, can, the sparks will fly some more. And remember also that the push pole qualifying, we talked about it earlier, when you have events when teams as established as Phil Parsons, as Bobby Hill, and as Richard Petty, uh, when they don't make the field, uh, that tells you what qualifying is like. So push pole qualifying at Martinsville is Friday of next week. The NASCAR Winston Modified Tour runs Saturday in the Raven Boats 150, and the Winston Cup cars in the Panel 500 on Sunday. MRN's broadcast time will be 12.15 Eastern Time next Sunday afternoon. Then two weeks from today, we'll wrap up the month at Nazareth, Pennsylvania, for the Bush Grand National Series in the uh, Pennsylvania International Raceways GM Parts 300. That is Sunday, April the 30th, also here on MRN. Don't forget Tuesday evening, NASCAR Live right here, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. We'll rehash the running of the first Union 400. Hope you can make your plans to join us for live coverage on Tuesday evening. Our thanks to Martha Oliver and Augusta Johnson on the scoring loop. Our spotter today was David Hyatt. Ted Stone was our production assistant. Again, for Joe Moore, Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and for Barney Hall, I'm Eli. Gold. Thanks very much for joining us. We'll talk to you this week. And from North Wilkesboro, congratulations to Dale Earnhardt, winner of the First Union 400. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. 
from the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Sponsored by Bush Beer. Don't just reach for a beer. Head for the mountains and the smooth taste of Bush Beer. By Pontiac. For driving excitement with your name on it. Pontiac. We build excitement. By True Value. For quality, selection, and personal attention. Make True Value your first choice. By Unical. The winning spirit rides with you every time. It's the spirit of 76. By Peak Antifreeze. Only Peak gives you peak performance. By Gatorade. Gatorade gives your body what it's thirsty for. By First Brands. Makers of STP oil treatment. STP is the edge. By Van Camp's Beanie Weenies. Grown-up nutrition, kid-sized fun. By Armor Star Canned Meats, America's choice for the great outdoors. By the White Rain family of hair care products. And by Baby Root, the official candy bar of NASCAR's legendary Junior Johnson. The general manager of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Engineers Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. Affiliate relations Pat Hensley and Greg Robertson. Assistant Cheryl Parkman and Tina Marr. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This has been MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR, and brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Join us every Thursday for more classic races from the MRN Vault.